Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Notepad called many bodies. Screenshots solve plenty problems. Voice knows bag plenty hotties. Can't just talk to me like anybody. Can't just talk to me like anybody. Man, you bitches know that I'm a somebody and little baby bad. She got a drum body. Bunch of feelings I just couldn't shake. Disrespect that I just shouldn't take. You just couldn't see the good in Drake. Four months, not a long time. But you fuck somebody, you just couldn't wait. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. Careers on shelves like Amazon Distribution Center Hell, really hate to call on Broski for the dirty work I'd rather do it by myself crack, crack, crack. My tour ride and leave a lazy nigga dizzy Got more tracks than when the hair salon is busy Flow for days like that river Mississippi Freaky nigga like I sing with Pretty Rick Give it up for the best goddamn DJ on the East Coast DJ A Boogie I told this story many and many and many a times on the podcast Me and A Boogie uh, used to work together at Enterprise We used to literally work at 36 in Chestnut at the Sheridan Hotel we Used to wash cars on the roof together Suits and shoes, You're- hard bottoms, washing cars. Now we produce some big events, man. He's touring with Friday right now, literally all around the world, kicking ass, man. Um, and this is not the first event that we've done together, but the first intimate joint we did. Last year we did Noto for the anniversary show. I had to bring him back, man. Team Hennessy, Team Moet, all of that. Hey, hey, hey Boogie. My guy. Shout out to all Yo. the sponsors. Is my mic on? Matt is fried. Yeah, I took an edible. <laughs> I saw him in the hallway, like, jumping rope with no rope. Yo, I ain't going to hold you. I see, <laughs> I, I see colors. Like, that's how this shit feels right now. Uh, shout out to everybody that's here, number one. We got, like, a strong, probably, like, 110, 120 people in here. Shout out to everybody that's here. Is my microphone on? It's on. I promise you it's on. I can't hear anything. <laughs> you don't have headphones on. Uh, here in the rain, uh, luckily the Eagles flexed out. No Eagles game today. We ain't had to compete with that. Y'all here with us. Uh, shout out to my bro, Kelso. Where you at, Kelso? The art bully. He right here in the front. All this beautiful art. Y'all see these big <laughs> giant canvases around this joint? That's him. Um, a couple of different venues around the city. Those That art in there was him. Footlock, one of the footlockers, right? More than one footlocker? Three footlockers. That's his art. Uh, where else? Yeah. He's louder than I am with no <laughs> microphone. So he's a big deal. He's here, you know, because he, you know, in the last couple of years really like on board and fuck with the show. And I believe that anybody that really fuck with the show, I want to do whatever I can to help them showcase what they're doing and, and share our platform with them. So this is an organic relationship. Somebody that I've been knowing for years, he tapped in with the show and then it just, you know, our relationship really bloomed to another level. Uh, Pure Fuel is here. I know y'all seen all them beautiful Pure girls in here. People ask me, like, uh, nah. 
I think goddamn was like the uh, overall sentiment so far. Everybody asking me about the pure girls and stuff. I said, well, y'all should have been at the Roost picnic. <laughs> and y'all would have seen them at the Roost picnic. It was about 15 of them. It was different at the Roost picnic. So shout out to Pure Fuel. Uh, Mishka Vodka. Uh, we got an interview out with the owner, founder, master distiller of Mishka Vodka, Russell Fletcher. That's out right now. Uh, my man Mark here with the Mishka vest on. Shout, say what's up, Mark? Mark here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, Grant Coromino, uh, Cousin E, told us he was going to give us uh, a case of liquor. He gave me two bottles and a light-up little display. Uh, so, you know, we, we, we went to the liquor store and bought more, and, you know, we doing what we do. Yeah. We appreciate the sentiment. That's hilarious. Kevin Hart's a billionaire. Grant Coromino ain't. So. Say something, Matt. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Uh, shout out to all the people that we got. Y'all can hear me, right? <laughs> Promise you they can hear you. These edibles are no joke. The, um, they're, they're, they're strong. Uh, shout out to all the people who we got coming up here tonight. You know what I'm saying? Because this night is just sure. about us. Um, we are who we are, you know, kind of legendary, you know. It's like our 15 live show or yeah. something crazy like that. But we, we, we go off into these other areas and these other places, and I kind of wanted to highlight different people from around the city, from art, poetry, comedy, just everything. So I fuck with y'all for fucking with us and fucking with the idea. And giving us a, a shot on a different type of event. Because right, tonight, right, y'all going right. to see us a lot tonight, but we gonna, and we're going to end the night off, you know, doing what we do on a more extended fashion. But tonight is about illuminating these talented artists because we go to these comedy shows, we go to these, uh, these poetry rooms and stuff like that, and it's something that's true to us that we really fuck with, so we wanted to share it with y'all because all of these different people y'all gonna see tonight that went viral, they done been on tour, they been with big comedians, they been in writing rooms, they been like all over with their talent, and we wanted to bring them into the TRP universe and show off what, what they can do in front of our audience. So, you got anything else to say? We can start bringing these acts up. Oh, you wanna start, I kinda wanted to talk shit for a little second. All right, cool, I'm, hey, I'm here. Okay. Anybody who, who's on... Book, let me know when it's 628. Anybody who's on... Because I, I got to talk about this. Because I got in a whole argument about this shit last night. Anybody who's on the Patreon in the last couple weeks heard us where we went on a rant about how bad Fabulous can rap. He's an awful rapper. Everybody heard this if you're on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. And Fab, in, in, in a matter of minutes, <laughs> gave us enough ammunition for the next three... Have any of y'all heard Ben's giving... <laughs> It's so bad. Have y'all heard this? It's childish. It's... Say it again? Okay. <laughs> Shout out to the Henny God in the back. I know that voice anyway. I, I listened to it and this girl was like, oh my God, this is so refreshing. This is great. And, I, and, and so I, I was like, no, it's not. And I, and I, I listened to it again and I really tried to like open my, my ears to be like, a Brooklyn nigga with like a colorful outfit. Yeah. And I still, it. Beat Sebastian Telfair up, all that. You gotta get like really visual with it. If you take the 10 worst lines in rap history, six of them might or be. Or on the whole Ben's Yeah. He said, stay your ass in the house. It's a Ben's Demic. What the fuck does that mean? My, my personal favorite was, shout out to Capo, but I've been Jimmin. Then he said, the way I dip up off the set, it's like the Ben's Jimin. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? You know what he followed it up with? He said, 
I could be facing a hundred like Benjamin. Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin. What the fuck does that mean? Like, I said that 17 different times. He said, these niggas, these niggas bite on my style. They been nibbling. That happened. That really happened. He said, they try to write like me, but they been scribbling. <laughs> it's so bad. It's such a childish approach it's, it's, to rap from a talented writer. But this we, is what we, he's done we for 15 years. We started going back and forth in the group chat. And we was like, yo, we need to introduce a new segment called Rap Like Fad. Where we just rap. What was the one you had? Oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm playing Afro Beats. Call it Tim's Given. Like, th this is how bad this shit. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, yo, I came up with like five of them. So you got... Biden hit us off with the 1200. That was a stems given. Get it? Got it. I'll slam the door on the salon and break the glass. Call it a limbs given. Soul food. <laughs> you see how bad this shit could really be? I, I got another one. I said, uh, I got a daughter, got a son. That's a twins given. <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. That was pretty good. It's such a bad flow. And, I, and I, I'm sitting there, and a the girl is like really arguing it down with me. Like, no, you don't understand what it takes to be able to do that for two minutes. And I'm like, just rap. That's what it is. And I just think it's so funny because it's like, you know, Fab is one of them guys where it's like he can, he can rap when he's rapping. Yeah, he's lazy as fuck, though. That's the problem. Very juvenile, very childish. I was very, very upset with it. He had another line in there. He said the... Uh, the, the bins, it, it's a lot of Jimmins and Minnins. It, it's just, it's very, very stupid. All in all, though. That Brooklyn boy ain't playing with him. Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, yeah. Ben Simmons is from fucking Australia. Yeah. Man. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, that, that, that. That uh, was one of the better ones. <laughs> it, no bullshit. When he said that I'm facing 100 like Ben Jimmin, I like... And then I'm like, oh shit, Benjamin. Lines <laughs> is like when you finally get it and figure it out, you like, I want to fight this motherfucker, man. Like, the, um, that was the big thing. What's happened this week? And on? then the most annoying is it's three weeks after Thanksgiving and friends. It's all that season is over. I thought it was like, oh shit. Yes. Yeah. I thought it was like for Christmas. No, it was. Thanksgiving, friends given, Ben's given, ends given, Ben Simmons. Wow. <laughs> so he's three, he's, ju he's juvenile, he's childish, and he's three weeks late. Yeah, that's, that's a bad verse, man. I, I honestly missed the whole friend. I guess, yeah, friends given. All right, yeah. I, I missed that. I, I'm, I'm just not a fad fan. And the girl, she blocked me at the end of the whole back and forth. The, um, do we have enough time to speak real quick? How many, where are we at time? We don't have enough time. No. All right, I want to talk about some of the people we got coming up here tonight. Yes, yes, We got yes, Killer yes. Wordsmith. Coming up first. Who's a poet. We got Scooter Wilkinson, who's going to do comedy. Scooter's going to be up here. We got Steph Ox. Doing. Who's who I used to watch her write raps on my step. 
So it's dope to see her in this full space. circle moment. <laughs> we got Ryan V. Bryant. Relax. <laughs> Who else we got coming up here? We got Anthony Moore. Anthony Moore coming up to do comedy. Super viral comedian. And then we got T Sleeveless. Yes. Coming up to do poetry. T, T Sleeveless and the Tom. And the Tom. <laughs> T Sleeveless came with a band. And you know, they're, they're artsy. And you know, artsy people kind of look like thieves. And I seen them outside. <laughs> and I saw that one of them was carrying a keyboard with a sheet over it. And I was like, they must have just stole that shit. And they was coming here. I was like, oh, y'all the band. All right, cool. Like, all right, bet. Stole that from Guitar Center and yeah. pulled up down here. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, if y'all don't know, I'm sure y'all do. Y'all all been here for a minute. Plenty of food, plenty of liquor, plenty of regular non-alcoholic beverages, but I know that's not what y'all doing. Uh, pure Fuel is girls are around passing out, uh, you know, samples of Pure Fuel. We spiking it. We doing whatever y'all want with the Pure Fuel. Uh, Mishka's here. We got crazy... Uh, Lemon drop that I made. We got a crazy watermelon margarita that I made and this Henny Punch that got like five bottles of Henny in it. Um, we are not responsible. With that being said, Killer Wordsmith, come to the stage, sir. Try to do my own thing, go left. They said no. Um, where they go, man? Hey, before, before I start, I want to give a shout out. And, and my due diligence and, and, and applaud Matt and Chad for, for having me and allowing me this platform to share my art. Um, he didn't really have to do that. He really stand on what he say. I reached out to him and, um, and, and explained a few ways that this thing makes sense and asked him could I get the opportunity. And he, and he, he obliged, man. And uh, I just want to shout out Matt and Chad for really standing on business and keeping it real as they say they do on their podcast, man. Make some noise for them one more time. Um, my name is Leo, a.k.a. Killer the Wordsmith. I'm a street poet, and um, I just want to get right into it. A little bit about myself. On my spare time, I coach. I mentor the youth. Um, I coach football for the West Philly Panthers for three years. Um, I also coach basketball. And one of the things that, uh, that, I like, that I wrote about is the transition that I see with some of my players. They age out of the program at the age of 14, and... By the time they 16 and 17, you know, that's the, either they in high school playing football or they transition to another path. They running around and doing things that's like less than ideal for men of that age or whatever. So with that being said, this first poem is called Young Niggas and uh, it's kind of dedicated to them, all right? Walk with me. Hold it down, hold it down. I always wanted to say that. Sometimes I take a long drive and park by the lake. I talk to God and tell him thanks for all that's on my plate. Just because I know that when I go, they going to talk about what I ate. They going to say he James and B that's hard in the paint. Stood tall in every yard and never called it what it ain't. We all up in this water, either force it or you sink. Hey, bosses lead the horses, but they all don't want to drink because Jim Jones was giving water out, but some of it was pink. I don't follow what y'all swallow. I wallow in what I think. And I think I deserve a million dollars. I can't sleep a wink. I need a truckload of money, and I feel I'm on the brink. There's chains on y'all brains. I'm the chink in the links, nigga. See, every project got a prospect. You just got to look inside and realize that 
Your foes might oppose because they hate the life they chose, but you could be the black rose amongst the fly traps. They say that my flow crack, so I push it and I pedal it. Stadium sound, but being relevant is relative. Smart niggas play dumb, but you can't embellish intelligence. The opposite of heaven sent. I'm hell-bent on catching Popovich and Belichick in a speed demon with a bad little benevolent. Pussy so good, I'll buy it if she sell a bit. Hey, that's the only thing that take my mind off that other shit. Because on some other shit, yo, it's kind of hard to keep it goody all around. Yesterday, I seen yellow tape, a hoodie on the ground. Young King, only 18, he took one in his crown. Goody, goody of the crowd, he should have been out of town on his way to start college. Why would he be running around? I say to myself, I know the answer. School don't seem too cool when you know a scammer. Enamored by the glamour, he forget that when you lit these niggas jack o lantern and now his niggas is strapped with hammers, dressed in all black, and they ready to attack at random. But when I speak to the youth, I pass the call, preach to the youth. I don't just teach the youth. Whether in packs or tandems, I tell them, young nigga, relax. Before you ride for your bro and die for the low, just consider the facts. You've been led wrong from the beginning. And I know your ops is dead wrong from the beginning, but, but if you look at life, no matter the plight, the headstrong be winning. So challenge, I dare for you to be brave enough to walk away. I could tell by your face you looking at me like that was crazy for me to say, but I'm going to say it again. I dare for you to be brave enough to walk away. For walking away ensures that you'll be able to walk another day. Because all these bystanders will stand by and gawk the other way when they make a pancake out of your body. I seen police take bats and batons to the backs and the spines of the youth. I cringe. From start to finish, finish back to the beginning, I binge. Watched it all unfold, and despite a heart that's cold, I singe. Burning with discernment for these kids just yearning for internment. And they practically begging for an invitation to that metal mansion. Like there's a party at the house with a thousand rooms. There's a party at the house with a thousand rooms, but ain't no singing, ain't no dancing, ain't no clowns and balloons. Just the warden and his goons. No room and board at this college. You'll just be bored in your room. So please, chill. You're no good to anyone if you're killed. We could blame the parents, but some of them can't even name a parent, and it's the same a parent up in the field. See, these kids hit the street, still drinking from mama's teeth. But who cries when the milk gets spilled? Begging y'all to calm down. Your anger, your anger is not displaced. But to willfully get arrested or killed is to give up your voice before ever being heard. Besides, what's the best way to really ride for your mans? A, lay down beside him and die holding hands. B, cry tears that's only going dry when they land. Or C, educate yourself and predicate yourself on surviving the jam. These young niggas looked me dead in my eyes and replied, the fuck is you talking about, fam? I ain't gonna lie, I almost cried as I sighed. <sighs> Never mind, man. Damn. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, I know we're here for, to have a good time and to, be, and to be jolly and merry and all that. So I'm going to end it with another poem that's, that got a comedic twist to it. Is that all right with y'all? This next one is called White Folk in the Workplace. Walk with me.
white folk. For 35 years I've been in this skin, you know, working on what was within. And the wherewithal to share with y'all is there and all, but quite frankly, I'm scared of y'all. See, I've been around my kind from kindergarten till college. But when I hit the workforce, there was y'all. Here was y'all. I mean, everywhere was y'all. And my nigga ass wasn't prepared at all. For instance, why y'all ain't tell me I can't talk with my hands? Or ever disagree with my boss's demands? Or schedule my 15 so I could talk to my man? This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Why when I'm having a bad day is cliche, but whenever Jessica or Jennifer mad, hey, it's whatever she say. And while we on that topic, why my sister can't express when she hot? Because one of y'all said some shit y'all should not. So obsessed with the color, texture, style of her hair, yet y'all dread when she get locks. Write her off as ghetto, because whenever the disrespect flows, she ready to box, but don't get it twisted. My sister's head is in stocks and bonds and shit that appreciates with value. <laughs> White folk, why y'all never tell the rest of the office when y'all want to order food but think we want to hear about the talent show at your daughter's school or hear your corny race-based jokes at the water cooler? I'm some sort of fool or something to you. Bradley in the break room said, hey, Leo, want to hear a joke? What's the difference between a Jew and a loaf of bread? A loaf of bread doesn't scream in the oven. <laughs> I laughed a little bit. But not because it was funny. No, I laugh because if I said that shit to him, I'd be searching for a new place to earn money. See, black men don't always feel the safest in places we work with closet races. So I told him a joke of my own to appeal to his hatred. I said, hey, Brad, you want to hear a joke? What do you call a hundred white men running after one black man? The Boston Marathon. <laughs> he ain't laughed though. But not because it wasn't funny. No, he must have felt the fire in my tummy. The desire to be something other than a black friend you tell your white friends you friends with. We ain't friends, nigga. You be walking around like some ally of mine, yet your mouth falls silent when my outcries denied, nigga. I ain't happy. And when you unjustly win employee of the month next month, nigga, I ain't clapping. And until you come to Odun Day or celebrate Juneteenth, nigga, fuck St. Patty. Poem. Hey, man, thank y'all for having me. I'm Killer Wordsmith. Um, I could be followed on Instagram at K-I-L-L-A dot Wordsmith. That's Wordsmith with a Y, all right? Killer dot Wordsmith with a Y. Walk with me. Seriously, I, I thought that was ridiculous. Can we make some noise for Killer Wordsmith? He, he's a very nice brother. He's, he's a prime example of not judging a book by its cover. 
nicest dude I've ever met. He just looks like he sells wet. Um, people at the bar, if y'all can, can y'all make y'all way back in eventually? Everybody's just standing around. All right, we about to have a comedian come up here. It's my man, I've known him for years. He walked into the room, he said, yo, this be a dope to do an hour long special in here. I'm like, let's, let's just get through the 10 minutes you got tonight. Scooter Wilkinson, everybody, come on. Cush roll, glass full, I prefer the better things. Niggas with no money, act like money isn't everyday. I'm having a good time, niggas trying to ruin it. Shout out to the fact that I'm Give it up for yourselves, give it up for yourselves for coming out tonight. Give it up, ho, play that shit, dude. Crimp Ben Denzel, every time he ain't trying to pop that shit, but Ben Bokeh, but never mind. I, 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 I tried to tell you, that nigga Drake is the sassiest rapper ever. That nigga said, ah, 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 what? Play it again. Hey, now we out of here. Toodles to you bitches. Stop. Did that nigga just say toodles to you bitches? Give it up for DJ A Boogie, y'all. Give it up. It's my favorite DJ in the motherfucking world. This nigga got his own drops. Oh, man. That's it. I'm going to be honest with y'all. Um, Chat and Matt, when it, Chat and Matt, give it up for them one time. Give it up for Chat and Matt. Chad, you came a long way from Big Bangs, pause. This nigga is bringing out the last nigga that wears a fedora. This motherfucker, it's three niggas that wear fedoras in the building. That's Cam Newton, DJ D-Nice, and this nigga in the back. That nigga. <laughs> look, look, they ain't pat nobody down, bro. I hope you don't have a gun in your pea coat. Don't shoot me, bro. Oh, man. He said, get your hand out of my pocket. What the fuck? This ain't Malcolm X. Hey, that shit got real loud when the Real Housewives of North Philadelphia came in the building, didn't they? They went to the, right to the bar, give me some drinks, bitch. Man, I'm, I'm happy to be the fuck out the house. I don't give a fuck about what y'all got going on right now. If y'all laugh, that's a bonus, nigga. Look, I, I got a kid and I got a wife. Anytime I'm out, it's fucking up right now, okay? Y'all the greatest niggas ever. I'm at Magic City, Houston, all the places I want, Dubai, all the motherfucking places right now. It's fucking lit, yo. I got two-year-old, this shit is the, it's the, it's the, dumb, it's the dumbest shit I ever did in my life, yo. This shit is stupid, yo. Like, I love my daughter. Like, she perfect. Like, she pretty, she's smart, but these little kids don't go to fuck the bed. Like, why the fuck they don't go to bed, yo? Like... I don't even know how to raise this motherfucker. I swear to God, she getting raised by the iPad right now. That's all. She got the iPad on shuffle. It's this, it's this one lady. She's a genius. Miss Rachel, whoever this bitch is, she got my daughter doing everything right now. She sing, dance, and do taxes. She going to bring me back 1500 When Chad told me where this shit was, I was low-key scared. This shit, this, this used to be North North Philly, like... This is be where you get laid at, nigga. This is, this an Airbnb now. What the fuck is this? I went to the wrong room. There's a hotel in this moment. <laughs> shit is amazing. It's beautiful. They got studio lights. How y'all doing? Shit gentrified as shit in this motherfucker, man. They got townhomes on the same block we used to sell crack at. That nigga Drake, a sassy nigga, man. But listen, they trying to take out the whole 90s. They got R. Kelly first. That motherfucker went down, down. That nigga is in jail, sitting there, sitting, singing the song he sung, The Sparkle. I'm sitting here thinking about daily, saying damn to myself. That nigga just sitting in jail. 
The nigga they taking down now is Puff Daddy. They bringing that nigga down, down. Puff Daddy, every, he raped everybody, that nigga. We should have knew something was wrong when he was running around talking about, take that, take that, take that. We knew Diddy was fucked up, man. Secondly, he made them band niggas walk all the way for that cheesecake. That's what I'm really mad at. Eating that's nut ass gonna do that shit. Come on, cuz. You from Philly, you supposed to be like, fuck out of here. Nut ass nigga, I ain't walking on no fucking cheesecake pussy. <laughs> He's supposed to accentuate the pussy. Will Smith, they took him down. They ain't even had to try. His wife took that nigga down. Every day, that bitch put him fervor in the dirt. This motherfucker, I don't, I don't know who the nigga Brother Bilal is, but that's a snitching ass nigga. I don't know. Any of y'all related to Brother Bilal? That nigga be on there telling everything. Yeah, I seen him fucking Dwayne Martin. Well, what the fuck was you doing? You was watching that shit? Nigga, you a freak too. <laughs> Just as guilty as him. If I see my man getting fucked, I'm out. I don't, I don't want to tell that story. I don't want to tell that story. It's been a crazy year, man. They gave Tory Lane's life. They gave... <laughs> that nigga Tory is done. First and foremost, Tory, you fucked up when you made a whole diss song about the bitch. Come on, man. Leave that shit alone. Cardi being all set going through a breakup right now. That nigga, as soon as he got broke up, he went and got five bitches. That nigga handled that shit like a G. She on there crying and shit. Oh, 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 Cardi, don't slow down, slow down. You hang with them city bitches. Them city girls is a single-handed reason why I'm scared to be single. Them motherfuckers, them, them women, oh, my God. I went, me and my wife, we went through some shit during that pandemic, yo. I swear to God, I Googled divorce 15 times. Like, that shit's still in my search engine right now. Like, it's just loaded up. Like, bitch, I, I signed that motherfucker. I went to the club, yo, and I realized that single ain't single no more. Them motherfuckers is really single. Like, women don't even like going to chain restaurants no more. What the fuck is this? First and foremost, if cheesecake's good enough for Drake, cheesecake's good enough for me, okay? That nigga Drake is a billionaire, and he will still go to Cheesecake. How the fuck y'all not going to Cheesecake no more? This your girl right here? You took her to Cheesecake? Oh, he said, nah. <laughs> y'all went to Fridays. Fuck y'all. I don't know if went to Fridays. Now we can't go to Fridays no more? That's fucked up. Like, y'all single niggas, y'all got that shit, man. It's real out here in the hood, man. That shit is real. These bitches real ass bitch. Give a fuck about a nigga. What? If I pay all your bills, you better give a fuck about me, bitch. Fuck that. Call me Cash App, motherfucker. They just begging online. They don't even say happy birthday to you no more. They just send you a Cash App. Like, yeah, it's my birthday, nigga. Send it through. What the fuck? I had a kid at the wrong time in my life. 80s babies, clap it up for yourself. You was born in the 80s. We all in the fucking building. Clap it up. They, they, hold on, first one of those. It's more of y'all that was born in the 80s in this motherfucker. Y'all just fronting because all y'all parents was on crack. Fuck out of here. All our parents was either selling crack or smoking crack, one or the other. We just no in between, okay? Like, they was either selling it or smoking it. It's no in between. It was in between? Your parents were square. Fuck out of here. Square is good, but shit, damn, you lucky you lived a good life. Shut up. Good ass life. Fuck out of here. Your dad ain't sell your bike, you hyping shit. <laughs> my daddy ain't sell my bike, he bought me shit. Like, all right, damn. My dad sold all mine, bitch. I still don't know how to ride a bike. Fuck y'all. And I don't mean to call you a B, I just came out like that. 
Chad said, Cousin E only bought one bottle. First and foremost, you know not to trust a South Philly nigga, let alone one that got his fingers cut off by Beanie Siegel in a movie. Any nigga that will let Beanie Siegel shoot his finger off, you don't trust him, okay? E, where is your hand you roll up with? Which one is it? I always wanted to know. Been meaning to ask that nigga that shit for years. Y'all watch that Tubi shit? Tubi like Lifetime with titties in it. That motherfucker, it's the greatest, <laughs> the greatest app ever. It makes you feel like you can make it, y'all, this motherfucker. Nah, man, 80s, growing up in the 80s, it was hard, yo. They was trying shit on us. Like, our parents all told us the right thing to do and shit. Like, they did it. Like, my mom told me, wait till I get my credit together, wait till I got a good job to have a kid. That's the dumbest shit ever, yo. I'm 38 with a two-year-old. This shit is stupid, cuz. Don't nobody repeat this shit, okay? Don't wait till you married and all that shit. Had them bitches at 16. Them motherfuckers, these niggas is geniuses, yo. 16 and pregnant, that's a good show. Them niggas is smart as fuck, yo. Think about it, like, when you 16, where the fuck, like, what, what, who, who, who fault is it that you got pregnant? It's your parents, motherfucker. They, know, they knew you was fucking. They seen you didn't hold your titties two times in double dutch. If you don't hold your titties in double dutch, that means you trying to get fucked. Yeah, they go challenge, challenge, and you let them bitches bounce. Oh, she fucking put some condoms in her book bag. Make sure she's okay, okay? We, we don't want her to bring one back. It's, it's so fucking convenient to have a kid at 16. When you go to school, they go to school. Y'all watch the same fucking shows. When you go on lunch, you could go visit them in daycare. Like, what the fuck? Like, they got daycare in your school because they knew you was going to be fucked up. That's just genius. You know how much daycare costs, bro? $2 million. That's what it's called. A month. That's how I feel every time I overdraft my account. It's $2 million fucking dollars. They don't even call me for the overdraft no more. They just say, you did it again, didn't you? Yup, go ahead. Just... Add it to my account, bro. Just, shit is stupid, yo. Life fucking stupid. Marriage dumb as fuck. <laughs> y'all single, y'all lit, yo. My homie right here, he thinking about getting engaged. I said, don't do that shit. Just, just chill. Just, just make her wait. Just keep saying you're going to buy it. Don't, don't do that shit. It's stupid, yo. Because, like, you, you lose everything in a marriage. You don't lose shit in divorce. You lose everything in a marriage, yo. Like, my birthday, I don't even have one no more. That shit is over, bro. Like, I don't have no birthday. You know what day that is? That's my anniversary now. Like, my wife planned the wet in the same month as my birthday, nigga. I don't have one anymore. She got the nerve to ask me, like, oh, my God, baby, we went to Cancun. We had such a good fucking time. What do you want for your birthday? I said, how about you cash out that shit back, bitch? <laughs> Just wrap it in some lingerie. Make it suspicious. Make it fun. I didn't know having a kid was like, being a good dad, dads, clap it up for yourselves. Y'all ain't gonna get shit but a clap. Y'all ain't gonna get a couple ladies still the thunder, they gonna clap for y'all and shit. Like, no, we ask for the men to clap for themselves, not y'all. This the only gift they gonna get. Father's Day ain't shit, okay? Father's Day is fucking terrible. All you get to do is cook on your own grill with a t-shirt of your kid on that motherfucker. You be mad at a bitch like, oh shit. Not again. This motherfucker ain't shit. They don't, they miss it. They just forgot Father's Day and shit. You can't ever miss Mother's Day, nigga. They got songs, TV shows, specials, all that shit for mothers. Fathers, nothing. Now, one song for fathers, that nigga Papa was a Rolling Stone. I don't even know that motherfucker no more. That shit is old as fuck. I don't got no good dad songs. Like, hey, I gotta make one. Little baby, start it. Do it now. Here's my thing about being a dad, man. Like, you, it's just a thankless sport. Like, being a fucking husband is stupid as shit, yo. Like, it's, it's 
I'm as fuck. You know, we've been here five. We've been here five years, and my shit's still packed at the door. I'm just waiting for her to kick me the fuck out, like just waiting for this shit to be over. Like, well, you're not tired of me yet, God. I know you don't like me. Like, just convenient at this point. <laughs> oh man, you lose every fucking thing, man. My wife was the first. My wife wasn't prepared for this wife and mom shit. She just wanted a fucking celebration. That's all she wanted. She wanted a big-ass party. She wanted all her family to come. We fucking sung Beans at the wedding. Like, I should have knew it was over when we sung Beans and Jay-Z at our wedding. I should have knew we were doomed. When we sung Bear Witness to the Greatest, Can't Be This, Join Us, Keep He This On Us, I should have knew it was fucking over. She got, she got that shit, that shit you get when you're pregnant. I don't know the name of that shit. It's PP Post something. I don't know what the... There it is. You're a fucking genius. You went to master me, didn't you? You a nurse? Yeah, she caught that shit. I can't say that. <laughs> caught that shit. Y'all, y'all got a pill for that, son? Man, she caught that shit. Um, she still got it. She's just getting over that shit. It's, my daughter almost three. When, you, when it's over? She caught that shit bad, bro. All right, I'm about to finish. I'm going to finish. I my wife came home. Oh, shit. All right, there we go. Good. Give it up, Faye Boogie, one more time. All right. Before I get out of here, my wife got sick of momming. I never seen a woman get sick of being a mom. This is the first. I thought, I ain't know, I thought y'all was like the moms on Soul Food. What the fuck? I ain't never seen Harriet come home and just give the fucking kids up. Like, I'm raised off of 90s TV specials. What the fuck is y'all talking about? The worst mom I seen was the mom on Hall Alone. This bitch just left her kid to the fucking home invaders. She left my daughter right in front of the trash can like she was Holly Berry on motherfucking Losing Isaiah said, you deal with this shit. I said, what the fuck? And she was breastfeeding at the time. I said, how the fuck my baby going to eat? She said, come on, nigga, you got titties. Do it yourself. I'm over here, come on, muck, muck. Shit. And I took my daughter, and it was the day. She picked the perfect day to fucking retire as a mom. It was a, my daughter's three-month fucking doctor visit. And I was the first, okay, it's this. I'm done, I'm done. And I went there and I found out my daughter was the greatest wingman ever. This shit was crazy. Like, I was, I was fucking, at first I was scared. Like, I thought everybody was going to be judging me and shit. My daughter's neck all moving and shit. I got her in the, I got the book bag around my waist. Like, I'm pregnant. I'm just holding the baby. Like, they said, could I have a Wilkerson come to the table? I'm like, here you go. I just dropped. <laughs> I dropped them on the scale. And shit. they said, you don't do it like that, Mr. Wilkerson. I said, how do I do it? I don't know. She usually comes with me. And he's like, you're by yourself? I said, yes. And my daughter's hair wasn't done. She got all this fucking fro and shit. They, they was like, first of all, most ladies come to the fucking front right now. All the nurses and the doctors and all the women there came back, and they started taking pictures of me and shit. And that's when I realized being a good dad gets you pussy, okay? That's, that's when I realized, like, all you deadbeat niggas is dumb as fuck. They gave me all their phone numbers, Instagrams, all that shit. They called me, he's a good one. They changed my name. He said, hold on, where's your fucking wife at? Okay. He said, where's your wife at, sir? I said, uh, she's, she's in a coma. She's, she's, she's cooked. <laughs> Any day now. 
this lady, she, I went home, she had a fucking, she had a Band-Aid on her, on her fucking wrists and shit. I'm like, what the fuck is my wife fucking going down Kensington and Allegheny, shooting up needles? She said, no, I took a blood test to make sure the baby was mine. What? I hate you. I appreciate y'all. That's my time. Good night. Bitch, sit on my face. I attack that. Choose up. Give it up for Chad, man. One more time. When it comes to my bitch, I'm straight active. Dirt ball in the coupe, smoking cat piss. Lil' bitch, shut the fuck up. Tell your best friend, shut the fuck up. Hey, lil' bitch. Give it up for Scooter one more time, y'all. That nigga hates his wife. God, die. Somebody clip this shit and send it to her right now. Get this nigga kicked out. Expedite this shit. Uh, the next person coming up, she is a poet. She is a writer. She can sing. I went to an event earlier this year. She just starts singing. She had a whole back line with a band and all of this stuff. She's a homeowner. She's a nurse. Like This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. She said, basically what I'm saying is... She got too much positive shit going on, and I need one of the 300 credit score niggas in here to get her pregnant and fuck her life up. That's what I'm saying. I'm hating, that's what I'm saying. I'm just throwing it out there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, she hit me up earlier, I, I, I sent her to run a show, I said, yo, this is what we doing, blah, 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 be in the building by this time, boom, boom, you need anything, you got a plus one, whatever. She's like, yeah, I, I got a saxophonist, and I'm like, all right. So immediately, my mind goes to a motherfucking uh, hustle man in the record office with a goddamn kazoo taped to the fucking saxophone. So with that being said, we bringing up Ryan V. Bryant, and we going to pick up the pieces. <laughs> what's up, what's up, what's up? Y'all not loud enough for me. What's up, what's up, what's up? All right, we're going to start like this. Live from the 215 is where I reside. The city made me. Brotherly love, but no love shown. Guns blown, every year greed runs deep in the ones that live here. If you can make it out of Illadel, you can make it anywhere. Home of the innovators, the illest creators. Why y'all think they put John in the dictionary? Because with the end all be all, but it gets dark in my city. The new murder capital was a blessing to see 50. We feel honored to see 30 because most don't make it. Untimely demise, close to our town like the fog on an autumn day. Get paid and stay out the way. Watch your body and be safe. An inevitable phrase in our everyday dialogue. Pray for Philly is the deadly monologue, but more than a prayer. My city needs something. Because we got crying mothers from the Peter Kensington Beach. It's bittersweet. Personal even because I lost my brother to these streets before he turned 23. Witnessing my mother's grief of burying her firstborn at a young age, a repetition of his finest to diminish the generation before our eyes are claiming the lives of these young brothers before they hit 25. One may ask how we managed to feel joy when all we know is pain. Resilience at its best is not all in vain. Determined to reach the minds of these youth before it's too late. And in spite of my disdain for the violence and the lives that are at stake, there's still a special place in my heart for where I'm from. 
home of the realest podcast, Sever and the Cheese Steaks. Sound check for the championships on Meek Millie Hood Anthem set on Beans and Freeway. Always my first love. The concrete jungle that is, it is us against everybody, and in spite of it all, I'm still a proud native of my city, Philly. <laughs> What's up, y'all? How y'all feeling tonight? Y'all feeling good? I'm feeling good. Okay, I look good. <laughs> Thank you, bitch. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say it's an honor and it's a blessing to be here. It's not only a blessing to be in front of your city, but to be acknowledged by your peers. So, Chad, I fucking love you. Matt, you get on my fucking nerves, but I love you too. <laughs> and yeah, let's get into this. Let's get the show started. So, make some noise if you single. <laughs> Matt, why would you ever clap your hands? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm going to talk to my single people. I wrote this when I was a little single and frustrated, if that's all right. All right. I'm single because I'm tired of you punk-ass niggas. <laughs> and niggas is gender neutral because it's a cycle that continues. A vicious one that lingers like visceral pain, hearts are restrained with a sprinkle of entitlement with nothing to gain. Holding myself accountable for the shit that I accept, but the truth is, y'all just continue to bother motherfuckers y'all ain't willing to catch. You know, when you make them fall. Steady praying for shit you ain't ready for, like a down-ass bitch to ignore all of your baggage. Online women bashing with four baby moms and not one hand in marriage. Or a player with money to finance your habits. Can't even afford to sponsor yourself walking around with a pussy that's mismanaged as if that isn't your responsibilities or your priorities to manage. There's a disconnect between the hopeless romantics and the faint of heart. So let's pair up you waste of time ass niggas and let the real lovers have a shot. Skip all the dramatics and theatrics and let us flourish in the plot of what love personified looks like for you and I. We could fade the cards and put the cards up with all trust, or I could chuck a deuce for you acting like a joker in the deck because time is precious, my nigga. We don't have much of it left. I'm trying to my man, my man, my social media timelines to death. Make love in random places, be your wifey girlfriend and mistress. Be your trusted confidant and relieve all of your distress. But y'all niggas just want to play. So I'm single. I won't settle for less. Pong. Y'all all right? Y'all good? All right, cool. So. On my next, my last piece, I need crowd participation. Is that, y'all gonna participate with me? So I got a question, can y'all sing? A little bit? Slightly? Do y'all go to karaoke? All right, so. <laughs> Listen, this Henny Punch stronger than a motherfucker. All right, so we're gonna do this. I have my saxophone player here, his name is Daryl Burton. Now welcome to the stage. And I just like, I just need y'all to help me with this one. So listen, I've never written a, I've never written a love poem before. Everybody, we talk about hate and heartbreak, but I want to sing about love, okay? Y'all can clap your hands. Y'all know what song this is. Listen, 
hope that you're the one. If not, you are the prototype. We'll dip down to the sun and do things I know you like. I think I'm in love again. Y'all know this song. Stop acting like y'all don't know. Listen, I think I'm in love again. <laughs> Listen, this isn't like a poem I'd write. I typically don't pour my art out like it's my heart out like this. But if I had the heart to tell you the feeling that begins at my navel, it sends up my sternum to my bosom like a release of flutters in my chest. That's what this feels like. You make me apprehensive like a schoolgirl at the edge of her seat before the bell was about to strike quarter of three. As I wrap up a love letter filled with juvenile emotions, signed with a kiss of the song that referenced it from my MP3. Letting go of the preconceived notion of what love has been or not been, you are new. You personify vulnerability and transparency. The highest honor is to be sharing space with a man as honorable as you, delightful as you, intriguing to say the least, captivating, titillating, initiating thoughts that lack the intention of being innocent. When these lips meet under layered sheets, I'm your soul replenisher, your limitless freak. I set out to achieve heights with you that typically perpetuates fear. But with the plans to submerge you so deep within my warm embrace, you'll be powerless to escape such an acquaintance. For I am an experience not many get to experience. Selective of who I engage with, so take pride in your accessibility. For I am selective between you and those other guys I play with. You are the one that I seek. The force that I reckon will be the end of my searching if I had the heart to tell you how I feel beyond these words that I express. Baby, it would sound just like this. I'm in love again. I think I'm in love again. <laughs> Thank y'all so much. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, I'm a crybaby, so please <laughs> don't make me cry. Before I get off the stage, June 11th of 2023, I released my second self-published poetry book. Okay? So... It's called Situation I Am Too. I have them for sale. A lot of y'all was there in my book release in this room, so I appreciate y'all. But yeah, $15. Thank you, Chad, Matt, TRPE Nation. I fucking love y'all. Peace. You got something Instagram. else you want to say? I'm sorry, my Instagram. What? What? Get off the That's stage. Go ahead, give me Instagram. Huh? <laughs> My, why do you want?
My Instagram name is I am Raya. That's I A M R Y A. I thank y'all so much. One more time for Ryan. And the, uh, the saxophone, what's your name, brother? Saxophonist? We were calling you Henny G in the back, and I know that's not right. Daryl? I'm like, I know Henny G is in his name. Give it up for Daryl. Okay, there we go. <laughs> like, what the hell is happening? Did anybody notice the way he walked in that smooth with the sax? Like, listen, if I could play the saxophone, I would do shit like that in a supermarket, just, just everywhere. I think it just walked in. <laughs> that shit was excellent, yo. I love Ryan. Ryan is like my sister, man. We we we're super cool. We got like 12 years in. She she gives off a Monifa, you know, a Dina Howard vibe, but she's she's very soulful, very very deep, heavy on the Dina Howard vibe. Um, the next person that's coming up to the stage is very near and dear to my heart. Like I said, me and her grew up together. She's my sister's friend. She used to actually come to my house with my sisters, and she would leave them to come hang with all the guys out front. We'd be out there shooting dice and smoking weed, and she, she was a thug. Don't worry about that, Dan. That's why I think it's funny when people play with her, because she's kind of a gangster. She's going to come up here and do three poems, four poems, three? Come up here and do your thing. Steph Ox, make some noise. <laughs> Hi guys. First and foremost, I wasn't a thug. I just told Matt back then that my rap name was Second Amendment, and ever since then, and ever since then, he just ran with that. But honestly, it's an honor to be here uh, to perform for the fellas of TRPE. Because one thing about Matt and Chad, they know how to bring a bunch of talented, creative, and hardworking motherfuckers under one roof. Like it's phenomenal. Like I see this with a. He's doing his thing with the pictures. Like, we had a comedian, Rye, singing her. So, uh, I just love it. And one thing I realized outside of the TRP space is that the things that society makes popular isn't talent. You know what I mean? You're, I just, it seemed like it's just bullshit. So I wrote a poem about it. I call it Deviant Advantage. I hate these low vibrational days where I'm feeling like I'd probably be so much in life if I was a user. Maybe a villain in someone's story because it's so easy for folks to scramble good people while they choose to walk on eggs and avoid the villain's wrath. We challenge you for making interactions over easy, but for these devil folks go out their way to clear a path. Feels like mischief night, and nowadays people want to good shit or while good people start to change. I've seen folks pick apart Batman's actions then ask us to give grace to Bane. People will tell you a hundred things Abel did wrong so they could try to make a case for Cain. I swear, moving in good intentions nowadays will start to make you feel insane. It's like those who cheat the system always seem like the quickest to gain. And because you didn't cut corners, you feel like you're the only one feeling drained. And I know, I know, slow progress is just preparation for the end game. But when bullshit constantly gets rewarded, success feels harder to attain. Like, I ain't trying to sound like no hating ass bitch, but it's these nut ass blogs that's keeping Blueface rich. And you want to know my biggest ick? 
the only way real people get attention on real problems nowadays is by turning them into skits. It's like society is stuck, frozen, in like a permanent glitch. Shit, maybe it's me and my conscience that I need to switch. Maybe it's how I move that I need to fix. Like, should I channel my inner Ursula, demand power, lead with greed, win by any means like Dame did in Creed? Maybe I should start lying, catch them off guard like Scar did Mufasa because it's my ego I need to feed. Perhaps I should learn to laugh at their pain like I'm the Joker and learn to enjoy watching them bleed because nowadays confidence and having a fucked up outlook is what make the majority feel seen. It's like society supports the intentional rebels, then questions the intentions of those moving good, proudly promotes all this unhealed trauma more often than they should, quick to promote the dense population versus those of us who actually could, and it makes me wonder, if they're all collectively avoiding accountability or if all these dickheads misunderstood. Pause. Thank you guys. That's a serious one, but I do know that as long as you just focus on what you're doing, you're gonna make it and don't, don't ever fall for the low hanging fruit. So that's my goal with that piece. Um, Rye did ask, I couldn't see it while I was up here. I do wanna kinda get some audience participation. Round of applause if you are happy, in a relationship, married, or have even talking to somebody and it's going good. All right, all right. Round of applause if you are single and giving this dating shit a try and not really sure what the fuck is going on. Okay, I got a poem for y'all, <laughs> for us. I call this one Tide of the Games. Uh, the guys had always, you know, the guys always shout this out on their podcast, so I wanted to bring this one here tonight. I'm not saying I'm over love. I'm saying that I'm aware that I over love and trying to maneuver the game at this big age, it's the worst. I had to learn that being down to earth doesn't automatically make them treat you what you worth. It just shows how much you're willing to tolerate to you the one left feeling hurt. And in this game, it seems like your vulnerability tracks the users to you left feeling cursed. And I was always taught that real love isn't supposed to be selfish, but nowadays in order to find it, you gotta put yourself first. That's right, it's a game. You gotta put yourself first like Uno or allow these wild cards to keep skipping you till you back in reverse. See, I'll draw four times before I ever let a nigga set me back. That's a fact. I'm not trying to have a pity pad or a pity party, but all these cards in the deck and y'all mean to tell me it's not one match? Seems like I keep pulling them deuces, that's wild. So I go fish, trying to keep a poker face while all these spades out here make me wanna renege on putting my heart out on the table cause in this game, there is no grace. It's like I'm trying to move, but there is no space for a queen, a diamond like me playing blackjack with love, not sure if I'm the one or the 11th. These niggas act like there is no ace. So tell you what, I declare war on any jackass who wants to pose as my king. See, I'm not an old maid, but I think I'd rather play this game solitaire. Cause at least there I could control all the cards on the table without a care, but I'm not saying I'm over love. I'm saying that I over love and I can't indulge, I mean, I can't be uncertain about their care or the lack thereof. I refuse to play those games. It's taboo how they act like they have no clue when it's their words that change. It's trouble when what was said in the beginning just doesn't remain the same, words distorted. Now we both confused like we was playing whisper down the lane. It's like I keep attracting these sorry ass snakes with ladders on this love battleship. It's kind of hard to explain, y'all. I think I really scrabble to connect for real with these lanes. It's like they move in Chess. But you know what? I won't complain. I'll continue to build my own monopoly because it's my will of fortune I have to maintain. I'll create self-love in my own candy land because I don't deal with the charades because guess who? It's quick to play dodgeball when she realizes there's no more love to gain. But 
I'm not saying I'm over love. I'm saying that I over love and I can't indulge because I don't know how to play y'all game. And because I wear my heart on my sleeve, my vulnerability give motherfuckers who don't measure up the red light, green light. And these niggas continue to lower the bar like limbo. So I've learned to hide and go seek closure while I duck, duck the goose until they learn to move like swans. I hopscotch past those who lack accountability because that's also the same people that's quick to give blame. That's why I can never look back. I'll play freeze tag and put the fire out to any old flames. I just understand that being a catch <laughs> means the wait's longer, so it's never any shame. I just refuse to be used. I'm too old for these kid games. See, love isn't life, love or, love isn't life or death to me. I'm too old for the squid games, but I understand law of attraction. So I'm not saying I'm over love. I'm saying that I over love and I'm tired of the motherfucking games. Thank you. All right. Now, before I get out of here, Every time I do a new show or a new event, I always ask the creators to give me a topic or a title they would like me to create a poem around. It helps me keep my writing fresh, but it allows me to create a piece exclusively for the event. So for example, when I uh, performed for Drexel earlier this year, it was a group of black bird watchers. They asked me to do a poem on birds. I did a, uh, the multicultural fest earlier this year. They asked me to do a poem on what it's like to be a black woman. I asked the fellas of TRPE to give me a topic or a title they would like for me to make for tonight's event. When I asked Chad, Chad said, I don't know, just bring your best stuff. Then I asked Matt. <laughs> Matt said, I don't know, just do a poem called I'm Sick of These Hoes. Hey y'all, what's up? It's Devin here from Money Honeys. If you're a fan of learning about your business and finances through storytelling and pop culture, then you got to be sure to check out and subscribe to Money Honeys, a show that covers the nitty gritty of maintaining your personal wealth through fun conversation. And you know what? It's brought to you exclusively by the Revolt Podcast Network, anchored in hip hop, powered by creators. So for the prestigious fellas of TRPE, I present, I'm sick of these hoes. Now before I begin this, <laughs> now before I begin this poem, the best way for me to deliver this poem is for me to channel the spirit of 2016 Chad. Because when the uh, podcast first started, I went to follow him and the first tweet I saw on his page was, light-skinned women smell like cottage cheese. And I just, <laughs> I figure whatever mindset Chad was at during this time, he was definitely sick of these hoes. <clears throat> no more yellow fever for me. Ain't enough Theraflu you could take when a bitch heart is that cold. Maybe I should act broke as a repellent because I'm sick of these hoes. But then again, broke niggas get pussy the most. And that's why I'm not even surprised she already fucked one of the bros. No stool softener. But I knew she was full of shit when she tried the brown nose. Man, pass me the nasal spray because I'm sick of these hoes. <laughs> done, done with that life. <laughs> 
done with that life. These bitches no longer my taste. It's COVID, I suppose. And when men finally get dick discipline in 2096, I propose they focus on being family men and be getting this paper because I'm sick of these hoes. Thank you, guys. If you would like to follow me. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> If you would like to follow me, you can find me on Craigslist at thighgap underscore I'm kidding. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at foxyoxy. That's P-H-O-X-Y-O-X-Y. Thank you, guys. So I typed a text to a girl I used to see saying that I chose this cutie pie with whom I want to be. And I apologize if this message gets you down. Then I CC'd every girl that I'd CC around town. And hate to see y'all frown, but I'd rather see her smiling. Witness all around me true, but I'm no island. Peninsula, maybe. Makes no sense. I know crazy. Give up all this pussycat that's in my lap. No looking back. Spaceships. We got to keep snapping for that one. We got to keep snapping for that one. Give it up for Steph Fox, man. Now, do y'all see why we got these super... My mic is pitching crazy. Now, do y'all see why we got, like, this mix of all this different talent here tonight where it's like... It's poets, it's comedians, it's... Ryan is every fucking thing. She did a whole bunch of stuff. She did a whole routine of this journal. Um, Steph Ox is amazing. And in 2096, we had this meeting, this dick discipline meeting, this march on Washington. We gonna get it together, niggas. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are ways off right now, but our time is coming. Change gonna come. Now... All right, so apparently I got to uh, buy four minutes. They not ready yet. We got to, uh, I don't know, we got to charge up the keyboard or something. I don't fucking know what's going on. Uh, the next person that's coming up, uh, he's a super talented, he's a super talented poet. He is a, you know, creative force. He recently did uh, a private event for Charlemagne the God. And he's just been, you know, absolutely blowing up. I remember seeing him probably like two years ago in like a little small space, you know, doing poetry, you know, getting his thoughts out and everything like that. And then now he's emerged into what he is now. And he's super, super dope. I'm still buying time. I don't know what's going on here. I see cameras moving, all of this stuff. Can somebody bring me some water up here? Because I didn't drink every single kind of liquor that we got. That was a bad idea. All right, he's ready. So. It's the next performer coming up. Like I said, he's super dope, he's super talented. He's gonna come up here and do something transformational, something that probably none of us have never seen before. Integrating music, live performance, poetry, all into one thing. Give it up for T Sleeveless. What up, Philly? How y'all feeling, man? So, um, big shout out to Matt, big shout out to Chad. Thank y'all so much for having me here. Uh, my name is T. Sleeveless. I'm a... <laughs> hey, appreciate you, appreciate you. You feel me? You feel me? Uh, I'm a full-time creative artist and uh, educator. I teach in West Philly, so, you know, talk to me nice. I might be talking to y'all kids. I teach rap and poetry classes, um, and I'm a full-time poet. I do this for a living. Um, if y'all would like to support me, if you fuck with my shit, I got these chat books. They're a super short, quick read. They're donation-based. You can pay literally whatever you want for them. Um, there's no set price. Uh, shout out to my dog, Gabe Ra on the keys, my sis. 
And uh, thank y'all so much for having me. I'm gonna just jump into this. Um, this first piece is called Love in 10 Easy Steps. It is not a love poem. Love in 10 Easy Steps. One, the first thing you're probably going to ask me is how I got these scars, but I'll come back to that later too. This one girl I was with would tell me all the time that her worst fear in relationships is betrayal. And unfortunately, my arms aren't long enough to reach into the past or move the knife she'd stick into my back, so the question I'm left with every day is what was worse, the fear or the reality? Projection is one hell of a way to hide your intentions, three. Somebody asked me the other day what my relationship with myself was looking like. And how can I explain that my reflection don't even talk to me the same without sounding insane? So I responded, well, it's complicated. Four, it really doesn't matter how much I hit the gym, does it? I will never be strong enough to hold the love I have for you and my guard up at the same time. What's eating me alive is that you knew we were not on the same sheet of music, but you didn't stop singing five. I get stuck in the same patterns, loving the same person in different bodies, doing the same things and expecting different results. Five, I get stuck in the same patterns when life makes me nervous. I do the same things because of familiarity. It's kind of comforting. If it's going to hurt, at least the pain has the same nicknames. Five, I get stuck in the same patterns. Five, I get stuck in the same patterns. Five, I get stuck in the same patterns. Five, break the patterns. Five, break the patterns. Five. Every day, I write a poem called Tomorrow. It's a piece about everything I have to look forward to for the following day. I sit at the center of a million white pages that I've written on with white ink, and I wonder how much white out I'm going to use today. Six, I think the bravest thing you can do is love somebody with your whole body, to give your whole self openly, comfortably, frantically, anxiously, regrettably. I think the stupidest thing you can do is love somebody. It was a late night like, what you think a man and his woman is doing this late after an open mic type late night? I drove her home, and right before she went inside, she turned and said, I know your name doesn't have anything to do with your clothing. So what does sleeveless really mean? My anxiety was outside the car on his 800 push-up, because he's pretty strong. She kissed me really slow. Tell me, please. And now she's a stranger with one of my best kept secrets, seven. I'm almost convinced that the only way to have a connection with somebody is if there's strings attached. Maybe the length of your love depends on how clueless your puppet is. My mama said to never fight with a crazy person because from a distance you can't tell the difference. Eight, I thought I was smarter than this. Maybe I didn't see it coming because there was nothing to see coming at first. Maybe your intentions were pure up until they weren't. I wanna say I love you, but I can't because you won't. I wanna say I hate you, but I can't because I don't. I don't hate you. I can't hate people. I hate what you did. I hate how you made me feel. I hate how you didn't care how what you did made me feel. Nine, this list only goes up to 10, so pay attention because I won't say it again. 10, I lied about that last nine. Just remember they did it once, they will do it again. 11, please, don't let these butterflies turn to dotted lines. I've been here too many times. I'm not sure I'll survive another trip inside my mind. Let me rephrase, I won't survive another trip outside my mind. No, not this time. Let me rephrase, I won't survive the trip if you come inside my mind, then decide to go back outside. 
Let me rephrase. If you come inside my life at this exact moment, place, and time, and then decide to not reside, then I will kill you before I let you fly in any direction except for mine because love, my textbook definition, written out by Satan, is going to drown in a lake of molten lava, infested with piranhas, and airlifted by helicopter with a blind pilot just to be thrown overboard and into the sky and shot a thousand times by a ski shooter named Cupid. His aim always random, reckless, and ruthless, and hit the ground nearly dead with a broken heart, misaligned spine, a sprained leg. I stand and learn to dance despite the bullets. I stand and try to fill these holes in me. I stand and spread this love till I'm complete. I stand and find the strength to speak despite my battered speech. My words to you, should they ever even reach would be. I think I'm in love with you. But I can't survive another unnamed future. I cannot bring you flowers and act like I'm not presenting a dead thing with a bouquet of pretty dying things. I cannot give you the world and watch you turn into a snow globe. One, you want to know how I got these scars? Have you ever had to rip every part of somebody out of your smile? Have you ever had to shed layer upon layer of skin to remove your other half? You ever fall in love with the way they embrace you from behind until you realize that's where they did everything? From behind your back, nothing in my life has ever damaged me like love. Falling for somebody who ain't really who they said they was and I really could have hurt you bad, but I ain't react at all. Why does being the bigger person always make me feel small, zero? You want to know how I got these scars? Me too. Thank y'all so much. I got one last piece for y'all. Um, so, <laughs> I appreciate you, Steph. Yo, Steph's my favorite, yo. Shout out to Steph Fox, yo. Thank y'all. <laughs> so, this last piece I'm gonna do for y'all has been um, a staple of mine since I did it the first time. Uh, it's a piece on men's mental health. Uh, it's an extremely important piece. Um, it tells a story that is very much uh, controversial for a lot of reasons. Um, it speaks towards a lot of things that, yikes. <laughs> anyway, it speaks towards a lot of things that are hard for a lot of us to talk about as men. So, uh, could I get a little bit of silence for the mic, y'all? Appreciate y'all. All right, so this piece is called Teach a Boy to Cry. People think the deconstruction of a man is some loud, violent occurrence, this outpour of bitterness towards the world, when in reality, the deconstruction of a man is a silent film, a common surgical procedure that the world did not know it was trained to do. The breaking of a boy is the world's quietest natural disaster. As a man, there is no such thing as being stuck between a rock and a hard place. You either use the stones at rock bottom to build a way out or you get buried by them. Ain't nobody coming to save you. The whole world is trying to construct you into its perfect little image. And the people around you are the ones responsible for your manufactured masculinity. Some of us are going to make it through assembly, but we need to watch out for our defective counterparts because the whole world is going to use their flaws to define all of us. Luckily, most effective product is aware of its own shortcomings and tends to destroy itself and give it enough time alone with its imperfections. This abridged explanation of the process is how you become a man or a monster. 
Everybody knows what a monster does. Everybody judges the monster. Nobody questions its creator. Some of us are manufactured to be light of our peril, with jokes, if you will. Male comedians or magicians in this way, how they take their pain and airbrush it into something laughable. He, he, ha, ha, joke about a failed suicide. The crowd laughs, the curtains close, the comedian drinks all the way home. A man's tears are just funny that way. How they have to be translated to be accepted. How they have to be transcribed into an art form to be worthy of observation. How you have to bleed artistically to become a worthy topic of conversation. It's funny how we can joke about a man's misery, but nobody taught the boy to cry. But they'll teach him how to fight. Nobody tucked him in at night, so he doesn't sleep at night. Nobody offers protection to the protectors. Nobody provides the providers with provisions. Nobody looks after the overseer. Nobody has ever tried to guide the man that steers. Everybody judges the weak men. Nobody checks on the strong ones. Only other men seem to know how subtle a difference there is before the transition. Nobody taught the boy to cry, so he would do it at all the wrong times. In the barber chair, getting casket sharp, remembering the funeral of a failed relationship. In the grocery aisle, breaking down because he's weighed down by the tears collecting in his baggage. At a soccer game, remembering what it was like to be a boy running towards a goal. Most men will only experience unconditional love from their mothers, and some of us don't even get that. Most of us have never even had appreciation or respect without conditions or hidden intentions. We don't know what it sounds like to hear, I see you and I'm proud of you. I'm glad you're here. You really make a difference, yet the expectation is to constantly be displaying the strength and love that the world is so hesitant in conveying. We're expected to have a thick skin but get judged if it turns to a hard shell. The first step in being a man is ignoring the hunger. Cause yes, boy, you're gonna be starving. Starved of attention, starved of affirmation, starved of love, starved of being told that you are enough. Step two in being a man is comfortability with replaceability. Cause you are only as good as you are useful. You are only as valuable as you are needed by others. And should there ever come a day, boy, where you fail to provide everybody with a smiling face, then do not be surprised when they say all men do is take up space. You are quickly replaced. Step four in being a man is understanding that by the, time you, by the time you finally get all the right answers, the questions will have already changed, and you might achieve the strength of Herculean fiction, trying to balance the weight of all these contradictions. Be a man, they say. Definition unknown. Description keep changing. We men, so empty, so irritable, so this, so that. We get told what we are so much we've understood that who we are ain't even up to us. The blame is always on us regardless. One guilty man's actions requires the innocent man's explanation, otherwise you're all guilty by gender association. There are four times as many male suicidal ideations because it's been hammered in our head that we're always falling short of our societal expectations. I mean, just imagine being in a world of hurt for a hundred different reasons during a nationwide emasculation season. There's a unique brand of sadness that follows being hated without reason. It ain't no secret why such a high percentage of us have attempted to stop breathing. As the saying goes, every failure is one step closer to the successful attempt, and there is no such thing as an attempted suicide. A man's soul dies long before his body has the chance to realize. A man with an old soul is just a boy that contemplated going ghost. For every woman that suffers the same fate, four men will follow her to the grave. And I try to hide these stats from the poet because he might romanticize them. He might mistake this tragedy for a love story. He might write a poem in place of the suicide notes that were never left behind because nobody taught him otherwise. So who's gonna teach these boys to cry while they're still alive? A man with nothing to lose will view everything as something to take. And a child that isn't embraced by his village will burn the village down. And he will stare 
as everything that did not love him back contorts and cracks. And he will ease his way into the fire until he finally feels some warmth. Thank y'all so much for having me. If you would like my chat book, I'll be right over here. They're donation-based. You can pay whatever you want for them. My name is T. Slevis. Thank y'all so much for having me. Make some noise once again for T. Slevis. You the man. Appreciate you. I know I probably shouldn't think this, but I know he gets a lot of bitches. Like. That little shirt and all that emotion, that's just, just no way around it. Like, that little shirt got a zipper on it. Like, that, like that, you got to be a cool nigga to wear a shirt like that. Uh, shout out to you, shout out to your, what's your name? Ra? Ra on the keyboard. I wouldn't mind have him doing like, Ra? R-A, okay, R-A, he checked me quick. Hey, bring it down, Ryan, where you at? There she go, okay. Last person coming up to the stage is a, is a comedian. He's toured all over the world, all over the country. He's viral on TikTok. Is he, where is he? Oh, my man, all right. Make some noise for Anthony Moore, y'all. Uh, what's up, y'all? God damn, I don't even know how to start after all that poetry. A nigga was in the back ready to cry. Um, <laughs> for real, no, that good shit, man. Um, originally from Philly, from Philly, been living in New York for the past couple years. Well, now I'm in North Jersey from all that unemployment I was able to save. Um, I miss that shit. I'm ready to bring back COVID. Like, going through the pandemic, that shit helped me get my life together. But living out there, and it's, it's I don't know, I guess this is my first time back home in like a good while. And it's weird coming back home seeing how much Philly has changed. Like, when the hell did white people start getting off the L at 52nd Street? Like, when did this shit, this shit got me so confused. I don't know, because, like, the gentrification going on, even, like, coming here. I'm like, is, is these niggas setting me up? Because it's like, it looked like you, like, seriously, this shit look crazy. It's like, you look like you pulling up to the trap, then you come inside. It's like, damn, do Ghost and Tommy live here? Like, this shit is, shit is amazing. But it's weird, like, being in Philly, seeing all the gentrification going on. Like, I'm walking down my block. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline white lady she walked by me with both earphones in she didn't turn around to see if I was following her she didn't grab her purse or anything she just felt safe I was so offended I said I should rob this bitch off the principal like I had to play a lot of basketball to feel safe in my community I'm like yo I ain't never see this bitch at the courts with us like nah shit is getting crazy man and that's what made me mad about the gentrification because it's like it's like, you know, white people, they come into the low-income neighborhoods and buy up everything, and like, black people, we still chilling and robbing each other. It's like, fam, they the problem. We need to come together and start robbing them. Like, I'm like, nigga, you know I don't got it on me, man. Like, 
I've been broke around you my whole life, man. And I don't know, it's weird because it's like, I'm not even worried about people our age. It's these kids. Yeah, these niggas all riled up on Takis and NBA Youngboy. Like, I don't, I'm saying, when I'm outside, when I see a group of niggas like with H&M hoodies and skinny jeans, I'm like, oh shit, here these niggas come. Like, man, this shit is getting crazy. I don't know, man. Um, Pre-pandemic, I used to work with kids. Actually, yeah, that was my last job. I used to work with kids. I used to work at a few different schools as a TSS worker. I'm gonna tell you, working with kids, it take a lot of patience. You learn how to pick and choose your battles. Like sometimes you just gotta give up on a kid to save the rest of the class because they all can't be something. Like, you ever, for real, like you ever listen to a rap song, you hear them say like, my teacher told me I wouldn't be shit. They said I wouldn't make it. They said I wouldn't amount to nothing. I'm that teacher. I started off, oh, I killed these niggas' dreams early because children will try to kill your dreams. Get it out the way, do it to them first, man. Like these, like when I was working out here, my first job, I used to work at Gratz. And that shit was scary because, one, first of all, high school kids, they look older than us. Like these niggas, they got tattoos, full facial hair, bullet wounds, and yeah, and the boys at the school, they look just as scary. Like, high school kids, I'm telling you, and these niggas don't respect authority, they don't respect adults. Like, I'm showing up to work, I'm getting bullied into doing their assignments, and I'm having second thoughts. I'm like, man, I get paid Friday, but shit, I got a science project to do. Like, I gotta, I gotta build this volcano for Jamal, man. And that shit was, it was bad working at the high school, because I started working there in the middle of the school year. So all the little girls, they thought I was some senior that just transferred. They all gossiping about me in the hallway, like, oh my God, look at the new boy, he cute and he drive. I'm like, bitch, I'm grown. Like, I'm a, I'm an adult, man. But shit, man, been, um, I've been going through a lot this past year. I just moved, I had to move into a new apartment. I kept catching, I was catching people still packages out my package room. And that shit is like, I, like if there's one thing I hate, I hate package thieves. And I was catching them because, like I live, like in Jersey, I live like a, a I'm like a suburban housewife. Like I, I get up, I go for my morning run, walk my dog, make coffee, then I just look out the window for trouble. Like, <laughs> I, I don't got shit better. Like, I understand these cameras a lot better on the internet. Like everybody not racist, some people just need hobbies. So I just be spending my day snooping. So I was catching people still packages and I was doing it, like, like, the shit that was making me mad about, like, I can't respect package thieves. Like, you don't know what you taking or who you taking from. Sell drugs like a respectable criminal, because at least these niggas put in work, but stealing somebody, like, fashion over tights, that shit is lazy. So I was catching them, and the shit that made me mad, like, one of my friends had the nerve to call me a snitch, because I'm calling the cops on them. I'm like, nigga, you working at asset protection at Target. Like, come on, like... Like, nigga, we are civilians, man, but <laughs> I was catching them because my neighbors, so like, all my white neighbors, they so worried about getting canceled or seeming like racist or prejudiced, they started letting in people that were like hanging in front of my apartment building. Like, I watched one of my neighbors walk out for work, held the door open, let this crackhead walk right in our building. And I'm like, look, we gotta bring back Judge on the Book Boss cover, all right? I'm like, I'm like, you know everybody that living here got teeth. You can't, 
You can't just let anybody in. So after that, I told my neighbors, don't worry about it. I do the profiling for us. So had to get them niggas out of here, man. That shit working. You said you teach, right? What, what, what grade you work with? So, do, they, do they look you up online? Yeah, that shit is the worst, right? That, that's what's happening to me. I was working with fifth graders. I was working with fifth graders in Harlem at my last school, and they found out I do stand-up. They started subscribing to my YouTube channel, so when I upload videos, they could be the first to dislike them. And, <laughs> and like, I'm in class. I'm, like, helping my student with work, but his friends would be across the room commenting on my page, boo, this shit not funny. And I'm like, nigga, I get y'all trying to have fun, but y'all fucking up my algorithms. Like, I want to graduate out of school like y'all one day, man. Like, this shit... Shit was terrible. They weren't even the only people finding me online. So on Twitter, this is real weird. On Twitter, I have a gay following. And um, <laughs> yeah, this shit is crazy. Anybody familiar with gay Twitter? This shit is, this shit is a, it's a wild place. That shit is like, like you'll click on a guy profile picture, he won't even have his face. It'll just be like a, a N-shaped ass and a thong. And, and what I found out is that gay men these niggas got no filter. They shoot, they shot, like, because men, we naturally monsters, but we try to contain it. But with men on men, they just, like, let that shit out. They like, you want dick, I want dick. Like, it's like, <laughs> I'm telling you, like, my DMs, I'm telling you, I swear, my DMs is a nasty place. And, like, my, mes my message requests, and this shit be making me mad. I don't, I'm not even mad at them shooting their shot. It's just the approach. I'm like, damn, nigga, talk to me like a lady. Like, <laughs> like, how'd you, like, cause I, I couldn't figure this shit out. I'm like, what are making these gay niggas follow me? Cause they retweet my stand up videos. I look at their timeline to see who's sharing my work and it just be all this gay porn and then just me, like just <laughs> doing crowd work. So I'm like, where's this coming from? And then I figured it out cause somebody tagged me in a video. It's a gay porn star with my name, right? Swear to God, it's like like it's a it's a gay porn it's a gay porn star named Anthony Moore, and he's not on Twitter, so I'm gaining his following now. And that shit is like I'm I'm not blocking these guys; they real supportive. Like these niggas, <laughs> they they open me up to a whole new like community. But is <laughs> but no, but it's it's weird though, like cause they it's weird cause they supporting. But at the same time, I don't know who's there for me and who's there for him. Cause like, I'll have people come up to me in the street like, yo man, I love your work. I sit at home, like, they be like, I watch your videos all day. And I'm just like, I'm like, nigga, what videos have you been watching? Because I'm not that other guy, man. That shit is so weird. That shit is so weird, man. I don't know. I'm trying to figure shit out. Trying to figure out relationships. Relationships is scary. Um, sh that shit is scary, man. Like, and it's scary because all my friends, they getting married, having kids. Like, I'm at that age now where if I get my girl pregnant, she might do some surprising shit like keep it. And it's just, <laughs> oh, that, that's too dark on a Sunday? All right, my fault. <laughs> that, like, relationship is, is, is compromised because, like, before we lived together, I used to do all types of shit. I would smile and laugh, or like, <laughs> like pe people know, like, 
the guys that live with their women, y'all know, like, as soon as y'all move in together, everything changed. Sex life, that's the first thing to go. When you're in the dating phase, oh, that should be amazing. Sex all the time, she surprised you with hit. Once y'all move in, you got to schedule it. Like, you get an email, are you good for the 15th? Like, my friends, they wanted to play ball last week, but I had some hair scheduled at five. I'm like, nigga, hair don't come around like it used to. And then, it don't even be the same kind. She'll do it, but she want to get this shit out the way. She's sitting there angry with her hair resting on her hand and her elbow all in my thigh. And it's like, I want to say, yo, you hurting me, but she looking for any reason to stop. Like, nigga, you know I don't want to do this, right? And I'm like, let me take the head I could get, man. Everything changed. Because the same thing they like you for is going to be the same thing they hate you for. It started off with, you got a great sense of humor. You know how to make me smile and laugh. Then it turned to, see, you think everything a fucking joke. Like, you could just <laughs> never be serious. That shit is annoying, because it's like, even like where you met your partner at, you can't even go. Because in her mind, it's like, oh, this where you always go to pick up bitches. And this, this be your favorite spot. You could have been going there your entire life. She'll still question you, really? You got to go there again? You were just there last Sunday. I'm like, yeah, I always go to church. Like, this ain't, this ain't shit new. So, like, we met each other online. So, like, when I get a notification, I'm getting interrogated. And, like, women, they, y'all want somebody funny until another woman laugh at something we say? Or she'll come over from, why this bitch so hype? Like, you not even funny like that. Like, you funny, but you not three crying emojis funny like, why this bitch got a comment on everything? I'm like, yo, this bitch is my mom. Like, she ain't gonna beat all of these bitches, man. But that's how you know, like, but the dating game is hard, though, man. This shit getting crazy. Because, like, it's hard for women to find somebody, but it's getting so hard for men nowadays. Because it seems like now, shit, all the good women out here taking all the good women. It's like, I'm telling, I don't know who to compete with no more. Like, when my, like, she go out with her friends, and I ask, like, hey, babe, how was it? She tell me, you know, it was fine. I just danced with my girlfriends. But then I got to ask follow-up questions to that, like, how close were y'all? Or was it to a slow song? Or was the girl that always wear polos and cargo pants there? And, and don't get me wrong. Do you love who you love? But I just don't like when I see these lesbian couples and the masculine one tries to get all overprotective on me, talking about don't be looking at my girl. I'm like, hold up. You could get this dick, too. Like... You trying to protect her like I'm not looking at your ass, man, because these studs, they be having amazing bodies up under them sports bro shit, man. Real. Moved to New York. It's, it feel good, like, to be back home performing because, like, throughout the pandemic, I was doing a lot of Zoom comedy. And, um, yeah, I don't know if y'all ever been to a Zoom comedy show, but that shit is as sad as it sounds because <laughs> I'm telling you, well, like... When that unemployment stopped, niggas had to do anything. I'm, t <laughs> bro. And like when live comedy, as comedians, we don't know if y'all gonna like us or not, but we appreciate y'all just sitting through it. When niggas don't like you on Zoom, they just turn off their camera and start doing shit around the house. Like, it be times I'm in front of my laptop, I'm giving my all in the kitchen, and I hear somebody yell out from their background, hey man, why don't you turn that shit off? And I'm like, I'm like, damn, nigga, you could at least mute your mic first. Like, I need, I need to get heckled by you, man. That shit was crazy. 
when I was here, so I moved, I moved to New York after I finished school, went to St. Joe's and um, college. It was, it was cool, but it was weird at times, like being black at a white school, because like, when you're the only black person on, on campus, white people, they think this makes you the spokesperson for all black people. Like they asking me the most random shit, like to try to get the black perspective. I'll be in class paying attention, taking notes, professor calling me Anthony. Would you care to explain to the class how black people feel about slavery and reparations? I had to snap on her. I'm like, bitch, this intro to finance. Like, we don't cover that shit. Mm -hmm. But school was cool because I could do things on campus I couldn't do in my own neighborhood. Like, I could do shit like I could walk around with both earphones in. Like, that shit felt so good because you, you can't walk around the hood with both earphones in. Like, like I got the... I got to school, I was hearing instruments I never heard before. I'm listening to Kanye, I'm like, God damn it, it was violins in this this whole time? Cause like, I'm saying that shit blew my mind. Cause you walk around Philly, you had both headphones and you hear gunshots and ambulances, like was that real or was that track eight? Like this got that shit got me paranoid, man. I don't know, I gotta shit, I gotta go home, get back to my dog. I know man, I love, yo, I love having a dog. I'll take a dog over a kid any day, man. Dogs way better. People say fuck them kids all the time. Don't nobody say fuck the Labradoodles. Like dogs, I'm talking, and having a dog, this shit changed me. This is my first dog. Like this is my first time ever having one. And it's like, I see the difference now because I thought I was a cat person. And like, now nah, having a dog, that shit, you know it's different by how people describe their pets. Dog people will tell you everything. Like look, I got a little Golden Lab Husky mix. He has peanut allergies and you know the, to trim his nails, I gotta calm him down with his CBD oil. But when you ask cat people, like, yo, what kind of cat you got? Gray? Like, cat people, <laughs> they don't know that animal at all. I'm telling you, this shit, like, having a dog, this shit is different. Even like movies, like, you can't appreciate John Wick until you get a dog. Cause I used to always watch John Wick and think, was it that serious? It was. Like, if somebody mess with my dog, I'd be killing niggas for four movies too, man, because love this little guy. Only thing is, like, and I, I look at all types of dogs different. Like, one, I feel bad for pit bulls. Like, people be judging pit bulls when it's like, we need to really be judging the German Shepherds. They the ones, like, these niggas work with cops. Like, for real, I ain't, I ain't never see a pit bull in an airport just snorting cocaine. Like... <laughs> like, Jeremy Shut, these niggas was all in all the documentaries, fucking up Martin Luther King and them. Like, <laughs> I'm saying them German Shepherds, they the ones, like, pit bulls is cool. Me, I got, I got a cockapoo, though. He look like, he look like a little teddy bear. But only thing I hate about having my dog is that, like, white people, they, like, it make it too easy for them to talk to me. I got to have small talk all the time. Like, when I'm by myself, nobody bothers me. I be in my own world listening to my music. But like, like, it might be a white woman by herself. She might cross the street to get away from me. But when I got my little cockapoo, I got to cross the street to get away from the white woman. I'm like, nigga, it's been two hours. I can't make it home, man. Let me see. What's that? Eight o'clock? Is that somebody? What's that, birth control? <laughs> oh, okay. That shit right on the dot. Um... Let me see, what could I get out of here with? Um, shit, what do I want to end with? Y'all been good. Um, I'm trying to think. No, I don't want to do that. All right, um, can I, all right, I, I, can I end on a dark joke? All right, y'all might hate this shit.
Um, I'm gonna try it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm try this. Well, one, do I? All right. No, I'm trying to think. All right, one, I'm scared of cancel culture, not as a comedian, but I feel like we're gonna get the wrong person fired from their job and they just gonna have too much free time on their hands. Like, we gonna create somebody villain origin story. Either we gonna get them fired, like, either we gonna get them locked up or just let them keep working until we find some place to put them. Cause like, like the one we really got right, I'm glad we finally are, like we got our Kelly locked up because he was doing all of that shit with a busy tour schedule. Like, <laughs> for real, like if he wasn't in the studio, like, yeah, like a few of them albums actually saved some kids. Um, <laughs> all right, all right. All right, all right, and I'm gonna, all right, I'm gonna end on this. <laughs> all right, I'm a football fan. I'm a football fan, but it's hard for me to keep supporting the NFL. They gotta do something about all these domestic violence and off-field problems because this shit is killing my fantasy football teams. It's like, don't get me wrong, I feel bad for their families, but now they problems starting to come into my house. It's like, Never dug no niggas or no twelves. Just gifts, a gifts, gifts. Gifts. Shout out DJ A Boogie, man. I told y'all, I told y'all we was real friends. Buying us stuff, man. Shout out to Team Hennessy, always looking out for us. I think this is the uh, Nas bottle. Is that what this is? There we go. Y'all don't have this, and I'm not selling this. Good looking. All right, I think we got enough. Uh, of you degenerates and vagrants from the bar to start a performance. Apparently the uh, the speakers don't traject out there. So niggas think they in their own world and they yeah, think Yeah, y'all like, can make your way this way and, and just stop talking about the crack era and everything else. <laughs> huh? I ain't seen you since Uncle Clarence's funeral. Yeah. Like, all right, man, the fuck? <laughs> we get it. DJ A Boogie. Uh, we had a crazy night, man. A dope night. Wait, does yours have a box? Yeah, I got a box. <laughs> hey, man. Boy, I asked, I told Boog, I said, yo, you know, we got the event coming up. Pull these out the truck. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, he calling niggas. Like, <laughs> I, I talked to Boog, right? I said, yo, I need some, you know, I, I called him. I said, yo, we got the event coming up the 17th. I want you to DJ. That's whatever that is. I said, but he said, I don't have any money for you. I said, all right. I just need some product. He like, oh, a case? All right, man, I could put together a case for you. So shout out to, to Boog and Team Hennessy, man, with the special edition bottles. Yeah, I have a shout box, Shout out too. to DJA Boogie, man. Straight up. Boogie's phenomenal. Uh, Nas, is, Nas has been every... It's been a Nas-demic <laughs> this year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so we had a great night tonight, man. Shout out to all the performers once again. Poets, comedians, <laughs> instrumentalists. I didn't know we had saxophones and keyboards listen, and listen. cellos and harps and all that coming up tonight, man. Y'all killed that shit. When, when Henny G came walking on with that <laughs> fucking <G>. saxophone, <laughs> that was the coldest entrance. Because I, I didn't... We, me and Deke were talking about it. We didn't see the saxophone until he was playing it. It was on his coat. And Deke was like, yo, he was warming up, like walking back. He walked up like somebody says about sax. We playing sax. You know what I'm saying? Like sax? Oh, yeah, no. I know. Because I could put it away. Or I could, you know, it could come out. You know? Yo. I stay strapped. No, I keep, I keep that thing on me, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that's, I, I respect, I respect instrumentation. It's real talent. 
It, you have to be talented. To do Unlike hoes twerking on the internet, it's actual talent involved. So like read music, you know, just move around. Like I, I, when I was young, I did the drums, and that was because you just sat there. Yeah. I didn't want to, you know what I'm saying? That's a, no, real, when you see them yeah. bands and they be like moving around and dancing and sh that shit is difficult as fuck. So I respect it. And even the, uh, the keyboard and that, that's... That's some real skills. So shout out to them for just being creative enough to do that. Because I would never in a million years think to. Yeah, for when sure. When Ryan said it, it was like, I got a, I got a sax player with me. I'm like. I told y'all. Pick up the pieces. Yo. Yo. Straight up. But we had a good night. Um, our comedian, Scooter Wilkinson, Anthony Moore. Um, smoked it. Smoked Both it. They were funny. Um, who else? Killer Wordsmith. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You set the tone. You set the tone, bro. Salute. Straight up. Uh, Steph, people loved you. People were coming up to me left and right about you. These sick of these hoes. That was genius. 2097 is our year, man. I ain't gonna be here. Yeah. <laughs> when men get standards, I ain't gonna be here. we're gonna be long gone. Hopefully they just hang my picture like one of these uh, canvases is hang my picture like uh, Che Guevara or something and just be like... You've done very well, though, in late recent years. You, you've, you've, you've cleaned your act up a lot. Yeah. yeah. Proud of you, man. Shit stinks. It does. But <laughs> being like, mature, being a mature, fully formed like adult with like responsibilities and shit like that. Shit is ass. Like I, my my I'm biggest gripe is like I missed my like my window. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm 40, almost 40 now. Yeah. So I see two man, sleeves with 40. Yeah, I see that little shirt and I'm just like, damn, man. Like if I'd have got my shit together younger, could have acted a fool. Yeah. Missed my 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 window. All in all, though. Is 2023 the worst year ever? Of my life. Every, I'm going to tell y'all this. I'm going to tell y'all this. Every year that end with a three is awful for me. <laughs> three BC, I'm sure it was an awful year. I'm sure it was terrible. But I, I had this talk the other day with people, and they're like, yo, 2023 dead ass from like all accounts might be the worst yeah. year. There was a study that came out, uh, not to get too smart, because I know we're having fun and being drunk tonight, but it was a study that came out that said, in order to live the same exact way people lived in January of 2021, you got to make $11,434 more in December of 2023. Same shit. No Dubai. No Tulum. No Backpage. None of that. None of those shit that's actually cool and fun. Did you say Backpage? No Backpage. Backpage. <laughs> No list crawler, you know what I'm saying? Same yeah. regular shit. Three squares a day, I'm transportation back and forth I remember my work. first time on Backpage. <laughs> backpage was a wild time. I'll tell y'all a crazy Yo. Backpage story. This is not my story, but I'll tell y'all. I was. Can I, I tell you the funny shit? Have... Go ahead and I'll tell y'all my story. I went on this girl's Backpage and I was like, y'all gotta bring this bitch 200 roses. <laughs> I was like, what the That's fuck? That's a crazy bouquet. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's some wild shit. That's Venus at floor. Before <laughs> Venus at floor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it, like, go ahead, tell you story. So my, so my back page story, right? M Mikey's on Monday. Once upon a time, I was a party promoter. We used to have a promo. Big Bang's on Mondays. A, a professional boxer got stabbed, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Shut that shit down. Mayor did a press conference in front of the bar. I was like, damn, so we not opening up next week. So we had to move over to another venue. So we ended up in University City, Mikey's on Mondays, which is like a fish taco bar or something like that now. That shit is ass, like it's terrible. You know what I'm saying? Bull used to be over there with us. He know that shit was lit. Uh, so have you any of y'all ever witnessed a back page meetup? Like it ain't just situation, but you there for the meetup. <laughs> 
So what's up, Mikey on Mondays, it's not that busy, it's a little chilly outside, we had the indoor-outdoor, so niggas is like, oh, people coming. My homies had 10 Backpage bitches, meet them at the drain-off building next door, connected to Mikey's, like, because they was like, we don't want to get these hoes the actual address. I'm like, bro, I, you can see Mikey's from right here. Like, what are you talking about? You don't get, no, we're going to get these hoes the address to the building. What's this? 3408, yeah, that's where we at. So they have them come meet them there, and these girls circled around. It's on Chestnut Street, mm -hmm. so you, it's nowhere to park. They circled around, circled around, finally parked on the sidewalk and met these niggas. And then they, the, the niggas denied the meetup. Who denied it? The guys did. They scheduled the joint. and was like, oh, no, these bitches hit. <laughs> and then tried to wiggle their way out of a Backpage meetup. I went with a friend to a, a Backpage situation, and it wasn't the girl from the Backpage. Yeah. Huh? Like, just not good business practices. I, guess, I don't know what it was called. <laughs> it wasn't a bitch from the flyer. They be trying to uh, deceive you on some shit like, well, I mean, well, since you here. Yeah, and, and the crazy part was, it was, like, it was like three of them in the house, and they let us in. And he was like, yo, it's cool that y'all are naked, but like, where is this girl? <laughs> oh, no, that, that's promotional use only. <laughs> yeah. And he was dead ass like, I'm gonna contact the Better Business Bureau and all this extra shit. It was a Nazi. No, they for hire. It's commerce. What did she ask? She said, are they for hire? You gotta, yeah. Jazz so innocent. Like, she don't know, she don't know nothing about the underworld of black yeah, when, America. When, when, she when, like, wait, so. Let me explain it. When you, explain you know, it to me like I'm a five-year-old. You, you know how you order chicken wings? You gotta pay for them? Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the same shit. Like, if you order them hoes, you gotta pay for it. Yeah, that's, but they use code words like roses, roses and tokens. Yeah, that's, that's what I told you. When I seen it, I'm like, where the fuck do you even get 200 yeah, roses? Yeah, where am I supposed to get Mario it's coins It's one in at? the morning. Like, where the fuck do you get 200 roses? Right. I remember a couple years ago, one of my homies was like, uh, he was what we call in the industry, boyfriend pimping. Meaning, he had a girl, he go with her, he love her, but she sell pussy. So now, I'm your pimp. By default, <laughs> you selling pussy anyway. I'm your pimp now. So every time she used to go sell pussy, he would cry. He would call me and be like, man, this nut-ass bitch out here selling pussy again, but the nigga just sell me 500, so it's cool. You know what I'm saying? So yo, this yo. went on for a year and a half. <laughs> Bring my mic down a little bit, book. This went on for a year and a half. So this is uh. back when, before Bitcoin broke, before everybody uh. thought like, oh, Bitcoin is about to be the next thing. This is going to be how we unlock financial freedom. It was for scumbag niggas buying... Uh, people's credit card information off of the dark web and, uh, you know, and pimping or whatever like that on the internet. <laughs> so, so this nigga used to have to be like, I'm like, where you at, bro? What you doing? Oh, man, I'm about to go to this Bitcoin ATM, get, get this John. So, what do you do? Why is your life like this? <laughs> this went on for a year and a half. I got these yeah. calls every day. You know how you don't see one of your homies, like your child homies, you don't see him for, you know, a couple months. Yes. You know how time just take you away from people. And I ran into, like, one of my close friends. Like, we was close growing up, but we just hadn't seen each other in a while. So I'm like, yo, you know, what's been up with you? How you been? And he was just like, oh, man, you know, this pimping shit. And I'm like... Like, but you know how, like, motherfuckers say that. Nigga like, said it like he opened up a pet smart. <laughs> but you know motherfuckers will be like, you know, pimping bitches, whatever, and, and they're just saying it. But the way he said it was like, this pimping shit, man, it's harder than they make it seem, and this and the third. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, you know, I've been, like, pimping out, out 291 and shit. And I'm just like, what? That's a horrible strip. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> Swear to God. I don't know why, but I was so intrigued. I'm like, I'm getting in the car with this nigga. So 
We get in the car. The girl is like blowing his phone up and she's screaming and hollering on the phone. So he's like, yeah, you, you want to take this ride to Wawa on Bartram Ave? I'm like, yes. Because <laughs> I want to see this. I thought you never asked. Yes. We get to the Wawa on Bartram Ave, dog. He gets out of the car, white girl. Look very, just, she just looked lost. And that's why I was just like, oh, he really might be living. Because <laughs> what the fuck? The girl gets out of the car, apparently she had got robbed. She got robbed, she was going on and on, how they took this, how they did this and the third. Her hair was all over the place. She was going crazy. Dog, oh, this nigga said the pimpest shit ever. He was like, can you perform? I was like, yo. Said it like she was an Olympic gymnast. I was like, what? Are you injured fuck? or are you hurt? He was like, can you perform? She was like, yeah. I'm sitting in the car, I'm like, yo, we really pimping. This is crazy as shit. And he went to jail for that. Like, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I didn't go any further than the Well, you know, once upon a time, they changed the charge from pimping and pandering to human trafficking. trafficking yeah. And now they send you to jail for life. Yeah. Can't pimp no more. R.I.P. to the, uh, the, the pimping. Yeah, he be home soon, but, you know. <laughs> little down. Yeah, he been in there for a while. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. A little 14 and 19. That's some shit I don't, I don't play with that. Moving people? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's what trafficking is. Like, like, what the fuck do y'all think trafficking is? It's moving people. Like, like when you're trapping people, that's a crazy lifestyle. I got a fresh container, 13 Asian bitches. Yeah, yeah. 2,300 apiece. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. I, I can knock it down to 2,000 a head if you buy all 13. What we doing? Can I take cashier's check and post some money order? I watched a, uh, a, a documentary short on the... Uh, her name was the, it was the queen mother or something, whatever it was. It, I can't think of her name offhand. I probably could pull it up. But she made $40 million trafficking people from Asia. Shit. To America. And um, she just died in jail because she'd been in jail since like 96, 97 when they finally got her. But she did this shit from like the 50s to the 90s. Oh, damn. And in the documentary, <laughs> they had her on the phone. Now, granted, she's speaking some Asian shit. So, yeah. I, you know, it's translation. But the, apparently she had put like 30 people in a tanker and the, the blowhole on the top of the tanker got pinched shut. Oh, wow. So they all died, like in transport to America. Mm. And they like, yo, the shipment, you know, she's like, basically the translator's like, don't worry, it'll be another one on Thursday. Damn. And I'm like, yeah, moving people. That's some crazy, that's some crazy shit. And she, she went to jail though for the rest of her life behind that shit. But made 40Ms. She had all this Fashashi shit they were showing her. She was at the casinos and shit. Oh, Donatella, personally, yeah, took care of me. Because you know Asians gamble. Like, they gamble. They yeah, get it they in gamble. The yeah, they get it in at the casino. G-O-M-B-L-E, all capital letters, gamble. That motherfucking Baccarat, that, uh, was yeah. that, that Spanish uh, poker and shit yeah, like that? I remember they get one of it my, down. One of my, like, gambler scumbag homies had me playing Baccarat one morning. We was just tripping. I'm like, yo, I don't, I don't know what to do. We just do what the Asians do. I'm like, what the fuck kind of strategy is that? And it's like, they yell, we, we yell. When they said, we said. Like, we don't really know what's going on. But they gamble like a motherfucker. But that's what she was doing. Gam she tearing up all these casinos all through Europe and Paris. You got to see the documentary. It's fucking nuts. Yeah, I got to watch Straight that. Up. Can I ask this? Who are we more done with leaving 2023? Draymond Green or Jada Pinkett? Really? I'm shocked people said Draymond at all. You know what it is? Jada Pink, other people 
in the last month, enough people have emerged as jackasses that Jada kind of like faded to the back, like, oh, damn, oh, damn. Charleston White said some shit. Yeah. Oh, Charleston White took his eye out, bet. Say yeah. less. She went back in the house. Draymond choked two niggas last week. <laughs> it's fresh, it's hot. <laughs> I would think Jada would be the consensus pick. Jada said, Jada said, y'all get as mad as y'all want. Me and this nigga are never breaking Yo, up. That, yeah. <laughs> feel how you feel. Say what you say. It is never ending. Being mad, you know, it's, you know, it's a question I get a lot now. How's married life treating you? And like, yo, how's it? And it's just like, you know, <laughs> it's going. The thing with the thing with being married is like you, nothing really changes except for like certain conversations do get a little dumber. I was going to throw you and say nothing really changes except everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, we'll be having a perfectly good day and just, like, chilling. And then, like, she'll just, like, I'm your dream girl, ain't I? And I'm, like... <laughs> yeah, but we're watching Deal or No Deal. Like, where the fuck did that even come from? Like, so it's like, you, d you deal with shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and as a man, you do become a little bit, like, you know, battered. You know, like seriously, that's, they call that's, it. They have a, a, a diagnosis for it called battered husband syndrome. But you, you do be a little, you know, and you like it. You you love it. You enjoy it and shit. Yeah. But it do be like, where that saxophone? Nigga? Like it be, it be like that. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like I need a nigga with a sax, man. You know what I mean? So it's cool, but mm. no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm being honest with y'all. You know, this is what we do on the podcast. We talk. You know what I'm saying? Y'all like family with me. Like, it's fucking fantastic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> One out of ten would not recommend. You ever seen when a nigga blinked hostage with, <laughs> doing, doing Morse code with his eyes? <laughs> Yo, the, the funniest shit. Speaking of Charleston White, the funniest shit ever happened the other day. Not him taking his eye out. The nigga was on live, and somebody was like, yo, somebody on live was like, yo, you still cheating on your girl? And he was like, fuck no, why would you ask me some shit like that? What the fuck would you think I would cheat on my, I love this woman right here. He walked away, he said, fucking right, I'm still cheating. I got three new bitches right now. <laughs> fuck wrong with you, nigga, trying to blow my spot up. Damn right, I'm cheating. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you, real quick, on that same note, you know what the most fucked up part of 2023 was for me? Fuck the financial downturn and all that. Finding out everybody's a hoe sucks. Oh, man. Like, finding, that, listen. Yo. I'm cursed with knowledge, but finding out everybody's a hoe was awful this year. I'm like, damn, nobody's keeping that hold to themselves. Yo, rest in peace. None of you niggas are wearing condoms. Rest like, in peace to everybody's Leo, a hoe. Yo, he said it years ago. Y'all hoes is really some hoes. Like, <laughs> that's the best way to just describe it. Like, people are fucking nuts. The, um... You know what was the weirdest part of 2023 for me? What's that? Suge Knight's podcast. Oh, man. Have, any, have anybody in here listened to Suge Knight's podcast? You listen to it? Dog. Oh, we all got sense in here. Shout out to y'all. Listen, I'm not advocating for it because it's ridiculous. It's Suge Knight on a fucking payphone. On a jail phone. <laughs> He's on a payphone. 30 minutes at a time, because yeah. that's how much time you can purchase. You have a collect call from 
Shug Knight. He's calling Dave Mays, and he's literally, it's like a gumbo. He made me listen to this shit. <laughs> it, it's, you know how like somebody has like a bunch of shit going on and they're addressing a bunch of different things in their life? He's addressing everything all at once. On every episode. In jail. And he's literally like, it's just like streams of consciousness. Like, yeah, Snoop, he a bitch. And uh, <laughs> Dr. Dre, I got him a pistol. He ain't know what to do with the pistol. Uh, Puff, Puff going to jail. You know, he gonna like that. Um, man, he, Puff can come clean these toilets. I don't want no head. I'm like, what the fuck is Suge Knight talking about? It's the most bizarre. Warren G, I hit him with a car. He's a pussy. <laughs> it was like, what was the topic today? Like, and, the, and the topic of the show was Jimmy IV. <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> Yo, that shit is insane. I was like pissed that you even made me. Remember how mad I was? That shit was awful, man. That was definitely weird as fuck. As far as uh, movies, movies were pretty much in the can. I saw they're making a Beverly Hills Cop 4. Yeah. Axel F. This is what? This is what it's called. Beverly Hills Cop, Axel F. Oh, that's, I missed that. That's the subtitle, Axel uh, F. Yeah. You know, what, you, know what the, you know what the first thing I saw when I saw that, John? The first thing I saw is I said, yo, in any other world, if you got the same job for 40 years, you're a fucking loser. Like, how is he still just a detective? You ain't the sergeant. You ain't the police chief. You not the motherfucking commissioner. You still just a regular-ass detective in Detroit. The, does Eddie look okay in the movie? Hey, man. Huh? CGI. So, so, but they, did they show him at all in the trailer? Yeah, the whole trailer is him. I would imagine he looks way older than, like, you know, Beverly Hills Cop 2 and no, Eddie, 3. Eddie got 400 million in the 90s. Eddie looked young as a motherfucker. But do you watch, like, Equalizer? The most recent Equalizer? I'm over Equalizer. Well, 3 was good. 2 yeah. was awful. 3 was I good. I put Equalizer in the same boat as Taken. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Yeah, Bad Boys is done. Say it again. I just can't say, Denzel Washington is 60. Plus. <laughs> like, I just can't see you whipping this much ass at 60, 70 years the plot old. Of equal, who saw Equalizer 3? The plot of Equalizer 3 is he moves to a little town in Italy and whoop everybody ass. That's the plot. <laughs> that's, the, that's the movie. Y'all fucking with these people, I'm going to whoop your ass. Yeah. And hit you with a car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like this cafe. They make good cappuccino. I'm going to fuck you up next time you come in here. <laughs> that's the plot. Two hours. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I just, I, I got Equalizer in the same boat as I got taken. Like, that's how ridiculous of a, of a plot. The problem with the biggest problem with Taken is that there is nine other series of movies that are Taken but not called Taken, starring Liam Neeson, where he's doing the same shit that he does in Taken, and they're all on Amazon Prime. <laughs> they're all on the same streaming network. Like he is Taken on a plane, Taken on a boat, Taken on a raft. Like all of these are Taken. We just not calling it Taken. You know what you just made me think about? Back to the being married shit. We're watching Taken. Here come Lee. If I get Taken in another country, you gonna come find me? I lost you in the mall. Like, what the fuck? I don't get good phone service in this apartment or Wi-Fi. I, I, I couldn't find you in the mall. Like, how the fuck am I gonna come find you? It's like shit like that. But that's how egregious the, say it again? No, that's lying. 
Women, women will be like, don't lie to me. If I get taken to Singapore, you gonna come get me? No. <laughs> Why McCall, I I'm gonna call the consulate. <laughs> We're gonna get a search party going. Yeah, I called one of them numbers. That's the first, thing the, the first thing the kidnappers tell you is don't involve law enforcement or we gonna kill her. You're gonna kill her anyway. Yeah. I'm definitely calling the law enforcement. I'm calling the consulate, I'm calling the CIA, I'm calling Interpol, I'm calling FBI. Like, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm so like of a... One like of them a, is looking for you, Nick. Like an actual person, that if I got that call ever in life, like just anybody, like so-and-so is, we got them, you know, we need X, Y, and Z, don't call the cops. I'd hang up and be like, shit. Because <laughs> I don't have the 200K. <laughs> he said don't call the cops. Just, just get on the gram. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just, that's, where, that's where we solve most of our problems anyway. Yo, any of y'all scenes? Like, real shit. I, I just think the, the plot of it is just nonsense. Like, they steal your daughter, and this is the Albanian mafia. Yeah. You got a suitcase full of shit from Radio Shack when they was closing. You, he ended got up- Got mad shit from H.H. H. Gray. Mad shit from Circuit City, who's just on the plane now. He got on a private jet and hawked them down in, in the middle of Albania. No. Absolutely not. And that's where I'm like, movies at times, I can't enjoy them because it's like, this is like, Rocky, like while we get to, I can't enjoy these because they're not realistic. It's too detached from reality. I'm sorry, that's just how I feel. The, um, are you still watching them reality shows? Uh, yeah, I'm, right now, I'm watching um, Basketball Wives, OG which is like all the old bitches. So that's uh Is this a real title? It's like it's not called that, but that's what it is. Oh, basketball okay. I was about to say. Los Angeles, but it's it's Jackie Christie's crazy ass. It's Evelyn Lozada who has a man that wants to marry her and refuses to marry. I don't I don't understand it. You know what I'm saying? Uh Jennifer Williams crazy ass. Used to be married. Eric Williams had the knot on his head. Her um, and then like a random cast of crazy hoes like Brittany Renner and some girl that try to fight everybody every episode. So I'm watching that and then I'm watching uh, Basketball Wives Orlando, which I said on Patreon, any of y'all heard it, none of these hoes actually live in Orlando. They all moved to Orlando to shoot this show and it's so bad and I can't stop watching it. Every Monday I'm locked in. Tomorrow, it's coming on tomorrow. Tomorrow, nine o'clock. <laughs> My DVR is set, you know what I'm saying? We're gonna have some stir fry, we're gonna watch these hoes. Let me ask you this. What's the thing you want the most in 2024? Um, I want to be one of those people that find $7 million in unmarked bills on the side of the road. That's what I want. Because I'm not turning it in. That's you wouldn't turn in money you found? Fuck no. I wouldn't turn in $3 that I found in here. <laughs> I would step on that shit and then slide it back and then wait for whoever I think dropped it to walk away. Are you shitting me? $7 million? You know, I, I went to the, uh, you know how they got the self-service shit in the supermarket? Yeah. I went there and I, I bought groceries and it was like, do you want cash back? The next day I knew I needed some cash. I was mm -hmm. like, I'm gonna take a hundred. Yeah, I took a hundred dollars out because it was like the max you could take. So I pressed the shit, it was like cash back, a hundred dollars. It went through, it spit out my receipt. I grabbed and no the groceries money. and just walked the oh, fuck away. Oh, she walked away without the bread. So I, I was coming back home, I was coming over the bridge and I was like, hmm. I think I left that money laying in the in quite the, sure in the machine. So I, I don't know why, but I called customer service thinking that they were gonna like help. So y'all see my bean? So can y'all bring it down a little bit over there? Oh, it's only nine of y'all. Y'all still loud right, as right. shit. So I I called the customer service. The guy answers the phone. You could tell he was black 
Just... Huh? So I, I, I called the customer service. You could tell the guy was black because he said it's Jamil. He answers the phone. I've never met a white Jamil, I'm sorry. He was like- Met a white Jerome, not I'm a telling Jamil. him, I'm like, hey, listen, I was just in the supermarket. I was at the self-service joint. It was like, I think number five. I went there and I pressed cash back, $100. I didn't take it out of the machine. And he was like, so... <laughs> I'm like, yeah, is there any way we can like, Run the cameras. Get and that or whatever. And he was like, I'm be honest with you, bro. If it's a bean, that joint just gone. <laughs> I'm like, are you lost prevention or not? Nigga, like, uh, what the fuck? So he was like, I don't understand what you want me to do. I'm like, go look at the fucking tape to see, like, if somebody got it and turned it in or whatever. He was like, ain't nobody turning in no bean, dog. <laughs> <laughs> me included. Right. He's like, ain't nobody turning in no bean, dog. So I'm like, can you look at this shit for me and see? He like, all right, so he, I guess he pulled the tape up because he was like, what time was it? I look at the receipt, I'm like, it was 4.31. He go to the shit, he's like, all right, you had on a black North Face hoodie? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that joint nice. I'm like, nigga, <laughs> what the fuck? But I got this, it's the North Face down the sleeve or whatever. So he was like, all right, yeah, I see you at the joint. I see you, yeah, yeah, damn, you grab your bags and just walk the fuck off. I'm like, so what happens? He was like, Another dude walks up right after you. Oh, yeah, he put the bread in his pocket, dog. <laughs> I'm like, how the fuck do I know you're telling me the truth? He's like, I mean, you want to come to the supermarket, look at the tape? <laughs> Nigga, I'm looking at it. Never got my beer. And it's just like, damn, like, I, I, I've, I've turned in things. Yeah. Like, I've turned in money. I've turned in phones, wallets. Like, I've never been that person. Yeah. So when it happens, it's just like... Yeah. Now, once upon a time, I, when I was living in Alden Park Apartments, I lost my wallet. And my, I had these dumbass, like, Puma track pants on, which the back pocket is like this. And I had my wallet in my back pocket, and I dropped the shit out. And I left, went about my day. Somebody found my wallet with all my credit cards in it, my ID in it, $300 in it, and returned it in one piece ad hoc to my mom's house, because that was my address on there. Returned it to my mom's house because her aunt lived across the street. Mm. Talk about divine intervention. And I was expect. I was like, she was like, yeah, your money. Wrote a nice little note. Your money's there. Everything. Uh, have a nice day. And I'm just like, you are too honest. In in our building, we live in Lee. Can attest to this shit. I found this girl's Louis Vuitton credit card holder. Louis Vuitton. It was real. You could tell it was nice leather. <laughs> yeah. I found her credit card holder. It had credit cards. Uh, it had cash in it. It had all. I literally license, gun permit, everything in the shit. And I went through like almost like not hell and high water, but it was like the address on her license wasn't where we right. are, you know, niggas. Yeah. And same thing happened, same me, same and shit. I, and I went as far as like we looked up like the information and found her family member. I found like her brother and called the brother like, hey, your sister I think dropped her credit card holder. I ain't want to leave it in the office because the office was closed. It was Sunday, so I'm like, I ain't just want to leave it at the door of the office mm -hmm. and no goofy shit. So I just took it home. I got it. He give me the, her the number, she call, I come down, meet her, she like, oh my God, thank you so much, damn, all my shit, like, what the fuck, like, damn, this is crazy, I appreciate you. I'm like, yeah, no doubt. She was like, you know, I should give you something. I'm like, yeah, you know. <laughs> Little bean. Because <laughs> it was like $400 in there. And I'm, I'm just like, she's like, you don't look like you need it. I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> like, she goes off. I don't, I don't see her for like a couple weeks, whatever. Then I saw her and like, she saw me coming for the elevator, but like didn't hold the door for me. <laughs> That's not funny, yo. I, I was like, 
She pressed the close button on you. Yeah, like, so I, I was, do it. All, I know I'm an asshole. I do it all the time. So I was, I was just like, what the fuck was that? I'm like, maybe I don't know. Her hands was full because I couldn't see her hands. Yeah. I, I don't know. But she she didn't hold the she didn't hold the elevator door for me. Two weeks later, I see her in the front of the building. Like I was coming out from getting mail. She was like getting into her truck. I, I you know, and all right now, <laughs> like I do that. And, and she like looked at me over the truck and just got in the truck. Nut ass nigga. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, so whatever, I leave it alone. About a month later, I go to the gym. We, we end up going to the same gym. I come in, she was coming out, like we, we're walking right past each other. And as I go to speak, her FaceTime went off and she's like, hey, and like walk right past me on the phone. And I was just like, yo. <laughs> And she turned around, I'm like, yo, like, like, the credit card holder, she was like, and walked the fuck off. And I was just like, damn, dog. People fucked up, man. I, I literally returned this girl's shit with all her shit, and she doesn't say a word to me. That's why you gotta rob these hoes. It's not, it's no punchline. I mentioned it to Lee. Lee what, did you talk to one of her friends back in the day? I'm like, why on earth? Like, what? <laughs> I, people, it's fucked up, man. People need their cash. What mad experience is that there's no payoff of being a good person, karmically speaking? O only no. payoff is that you know you a good person. The universe is not going to reward you. Because I know plenty of horrible-ass niggas that are living a great life. They make a lot of money. They drive a lot of cars. They have sex with a lot of women that they shouldn't. And shit is just good for them. And it's like, if you be a good person... You just got to be okay with it being that way because nobody's coming to fucking reward when you. When I was young, I thought that just being a good person was enough. <laughs> Stupid ass nigga. I remember there, 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 was a girl, there was a girl I liked in fifth grade, and she, she, I thought she was, like, real pretty. I joined to be the, one of the safeties after school Yeah. because she was on the... <laughs> Give me one of them orange belts. <laughs> huh? Get it cracking. I joined to be the safety because I, I, you know, I wanted to be around her. Like, I, you know, I ain't gonna see her at the club and not like I gotta get, you know, around this hoe. And we finally that for this this specific week we were on the same post, like on the on the corner. Same uh, assignment. Same assignment. And I remember I said something to her. And she was just like, Matt, you ain't, you, I'm not into you. I was just like, damn, bitch, <laughs> got me out here in this fucking orange belt like a clown. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, that shit hurt. Losing friends by the day. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going that on? That shit here? real, man. But I, I think the um, one thing I learned in life, it's funny as shit because I was having this conversation the other day, like learning to not overreact has been like my biggest, I guess, thing that's made me who I am. Like, yeah. I don't really lose it ever. I keep my composure most of the time. And I was telling this story to my homie, and he, he thought it was the funniest shit ever. I, this was years ago, mind. This was way before anything I'm in now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Way, uh, way back. Way, way back in the day. You know what I'm saying? We 90s. Talking, yeah, yeah. It's 88. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, was, I was talking to this girl, and we were talking, and she, she, she said, I want to I cook for you. So I'm like, okay, you know, like, you know, that's pretty decent. So, you know, only thing bitches knew how to make at that time was spaghetti. You know what I'm saying? So they hadn't even progressed to Alfredo yet. No, it was just spaghetti. <laughs> so I come to her house, and she lived in a... Uh, A meager part of the city, I guess, is the proper term. A cottage. Huh? She lived in a cottage. No, not in a... I mean, <laughs> it was just... <laughs> it, it wasn't Penrose. You know what I'm saying? 
And um, the house was the house was the house was in bad shape. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I came to the crib and whatever. I didn't really even trip off of the you know. I don't know what it is about those cribs, but it just be it'd be a lot of shit in the house. Like there are no minimalists in the ghetto. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And she had shit everywhere or whatever. I wasn't tripping over that. So we come in the kitchen and she was like, she had spaghetti sauce and had the, the, the noodles going. It smelled real good. And she put the bowl of spaghetti together and put it on the table. And it looked, it actually looked really tremendous. And as, as I was getting ready to like start with it, I saw a mouse <laughs> run across her stove, right? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, because it's like, yo, people are here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a bold-ass mouse. You know what I'm saying? It's his house. Yeah. You visited. And I, I'm, and I told him, he was like, so did you eat the spaghetti? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and here's why. If the mouse would have done something to the spaghetti, when he ran across the stove, it would have been little sauce prints. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He had a clean trail. It was a clean trail. I'm like, he ain't touched that fucking sauce. <laughs> and I enjoyed that pasta. I went into a... Uh, that's, that's me not overreacting ever. 2006, I was selling a lot of cocaine. And I was, I was, with, my, I was, with, I was with my old head. That was that was supplying me with the cocaine. Miss, I low key missed that Chad from back in the day. Oh man, I was selling a lot of like a lot of cocaine, like an unreasonable amount of cocaine in 2000. Like I remember you like those Jones where you would call me like, yo, I just got out, man. They locked me up last. <laughs> <laughs> selling, selling a lot of cocaine in 2006, and I went in my cousin crib, and I don't know if any of y'all really been in a trap house before. I'm in a trap house. Got the little white metal door locked from the inside, bolt, boom, yeah. one of them Jones or whatever. And an older, like seven generations of people lived in this house. Like this house been in the family since like 43, since the war, <laughs> since the big one. <laughs> since, you know what I'm saying? The and, big one. <laughs> and I'm in this house and I'm standing in the living room and it's shit everywhere. There are no lights in the living room. There are no lights in the dining room. There's one light in the kitchen. That's it. That's the only light downstairs. There's a hospital bed caddy corner with shit all over it. Yeah. Nobody, somebody died in that bed and then they just start throwing shit on the bed. So that's that. The kitchen counter is filthy. I'm sure I saw, fuck a mouse. You I ever go in I'm sure I saw a rat. And the, where the sink is at, don't got no doors. So yes. you can see the plumbing. <laughs> like, what so, the fuck? so my old head, he goes in the basement to go find his stash because this is a trap house. Crackheads live here, and he's hiding work in the crib. He got to hide it in their house from them so they don't know where the stash is at. So it's like in a tin can in the hot water heater underneath the ground, and then he got like a lock on it, and he got to like get the shit out. I'm standing in the living room. One of the resident crackheads that live here comes to me and say, you want some wine? <laughs> Out of everything that they could have offered me, it, not no, you want some crack? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like anything they could have offered. You want some wine? And I and I took it and I drank the wine. And I come and, and, and old head come upstairs and he like, damn, where the fuck you get wine from? I don't even drink bottled water out of this joint. <laughs> and then he gave me my drugs and then I went and sold them. <sighs>
So we, in 12th grade, we, we considered ourselves cool. You know, you kind of a dickhead, though. You, but you, in your mind... You I know shit about shit, but no. you think you got it all figured out. I know this is going to sound absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Do not judge me by 20 years ago. We, we graduated high school 2002. We called ourselves, because of Rockefeller, we called ourselves the O2 dynasty, <laughs> right? It's the weirdest shit ever. The goal coming in the 12th grade year was we was all going to buy Dodge Dynasties in different colors. Very, very meager goals. Very, very low-level vehicles. <laughs> like, that was the goal. So, long story short, I had an African friend in high school. And he, he was a true African. Like, you know what I'm saying? And... Hmm? Like he came here. Like no, that's not raw, uncut. Say it again. Yeah, no, yeah, he can't. Yeah, he 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 migrated. I, what do you, what do they call it? Immigrant. Immigrant. Immigrated. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. He came here, and he wasn't one of them Africans that I hang with that be having like all Dior on and shit like that. And like, and, and let me them tell niggas you, aren't authentic Africans. And and I I never <laughs> yeah. ninety two gift cards. So they got this many gift cards. I never disrespected his Africanness. Like I never boarded up. I never called him a booty scratcher. None of that crazy ass shit. <laughs> Cause you know, that was like the goings-ons of school back in the day. And they would make jokes and like play drum noises when he would walk into the room and all that crazy shit. Yeah, theme music. Yeah, and I, I never did any of that. So this particular day, my man Chris, he had a car. Like, this is like, you know, having a car, like, you know, kids now have like chauffeurs and all kinds of crazy, <laughs> like having a car in high school was like nuts. So he had his whip and we walked out of fourth period, we was going to lunch. And he was like, yo, you wanna go to McDonald's? I'm like, yeah, nigga, we out. You know what I'm saying? You got the will? He was like, yeah, we out. We used to sit on the stage at lunch. Like, the lunch was in the NPR. Yeah. So we sat up on the stage while everybody sat in like the lunch tables on some cool, we cooler and everybody, dickhead shit. <laughs> so we go to McDonald's, we get the fucking meals. You know, there's $3 in McDonald's, you have a ball. You know what I'm saying? We Couple come back. snack wraps. We come back to school. Everybody's up on the stage. You know, lunch is only like another eight minutes. Whatever, motherfuckers mad. Like, dang, I went to McDonald's, ain't say nothing. You know, blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. What's wrong with you? Oh, I see you doing sign language. I'm letting Jamie know how much time we need. (laughs) We come on the stage. Now there was a kid who was a little bit like slower than everybody. Like, and that's not a joke. That's not me being funny. He had like a a handler, like a. what do they call him? Advocate. An uh, advocate type, because he was a little, little off or whatever. Can y'all bring it down for the 98th time? God damn. We got 10 more minutes. So he was on the stage, and he's never, like, I'm like, why is he even up this joint, whatever? And you could see, like, it was, just, it was just weird. Like, it felt, the energy felt strange as shit on the stage. So we were, like, sitting on the steps going up to the stage, because I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, and I'm not trying to figure it out. These niggas acting strange today. Lunch bell rang, we go to class. I had landscape design. I go into landscape design, we in there. The NTA, I'll never forget it, Mr. Hammond, he walks in with two police officers. He's like, I need this person, that person, this person, that person, and I need Matthew Kane. I'm like, it's got to be another <laughs> motherfucker. I'm like, what the fuck is he, what the fuck is Mr. Hammond possibly going with me? We walk out in the hallway, I'm like, what's going on? He was like, oh, I, I think you know what's going on. I'm like, I have no fucking clue what's going on. He takes us down to the small computer lab. When we walk in, I see other people who be on the stage because they was in other classrooms. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
what the fuck is going on? And he's like, all right, we're going to get to the bottom of this shit real fast, and somebody's going to jail. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> all right. I'm like, I know I'm out of this. You know what I'm saying? He was like, somebody gave the kid a bottle with urine in it. Oh. Yeah, and he started to drink it. And I'm just like, what? I, and me hearing that, I'm just like, are you out of your fucking mind? I'm, I'm pro-black. Me and all my brothers, you got to be fucking crazy if you think we would ever do some crazy shit. Don't you ever put no shit like, I'm, I'm going there with it. He walks out of the room, and I'm like, we're just like all like offended and just like, what the fuck? The African kid turns around and was like, yo, man, I didn't think he was gonna drink this shit. And I'm like, I'm like, and all of them booty scratcher years came right the fuck out. You was a booty scratcher this whole time. I, yo, I was like, what was that? Some tradition, some <laughs> ritual? What the fuck is wrong with you? And he used to always talk, because you know, I, I hate to be that guy, but Africans' dreams did like be a mechanic. And he, I'm being serious. He, I'm being serious. He would I'm always go to CHI Institute. I'm gonna work real hard. Oh, that's Get a job at Pet Boys, he, maybe R and He Trump. used to always talk about working for Mercedes and Audi. That was his. He was. I'm gonna work for Mercedes. I'm gonna work for Audi. And I'm like, you, 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 you about to have a freak charge on your jacket, nigga? You gonna be working for Moose's Auto Repair? You ain't never gonna make it. Fucker. I was going crazy. And they they came back in the room, and I mean, everybody at like once was like, this nigga. <laughs> Because I'm not going down for this crazy-ass shit. Not going down for, uh, for a no. urine charge. That's crazy. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I was saying it to one of my homies. I'm like, I haven't seen him. I don't know if he's still in America. I don't think yeah. he's in America. I, I don't know. But I know after Hopefully he that, got deported. I didn't see him much after that. But it's just like, yeah, like people like, you're not supposed to be drinking shit that you're not supposed to be drinking. That's the point I'm making. Yo, there was a video. I don't know if y'all seen it. Y'all was on Worldstar yesterday. Motherfucking loss prevention grabs this thief. He was in there stealing or whatever. They grab his ass. He Wait, what happened? Hear me out. Let me cook. Loss prevention. Little, little, little waif, little, little thin fella, little rail thin fella. They got him hemmed up. He didn't got caught stealing or whatever, but he's not in um, like handcuffs or like the little plastic zip ties that they put you in or whatever. He's not there yet. They're taking him to go do that. Cuz decides, I ain't going to jail for nobody. He shits himself reached in his drawers, smeared it on his face, and walked out like nothing never happened. They let him go. He, boom, walked out. There's <laughs> no audio, so you just see it. But I'm, I'm, I'm imagining that they like, we got a shitter. <laughs> that, that, I mean, yeah. Boom, face. Face, ah. He's done this before. He was too strategic, too tactical. He knew how to get up out of that jam. Boom, shit, ah, cup, face, out. Walked out. Walked out. He didn't run, walked out. <laughs> you see the security, it's three security holding him. You see them collectively go like, oh, shit. Like, let him go. Like, on the video, and he just walked out. <laughs> that was a lot of shit. No, he came with the shit. If the shit, if shit go left, I got the shit. You know what I'm saying? I'm strapped. <laughs> go left, I got the shit. I got it on me. You know what I'm saying? 
Fuck around and find out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Yo, people, like, I, like, when, when you, I've seen somebody shit on the bus. Yeah, I on the bus. What do you mean? Where did I see that? I, I drove a bus through North Philly, nigga. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen people shit on the bus. I've seen a girl pee on the bus. Um, I had a girl throw up one time that got on me. On the, like, that shit, it, it, the, yeah, that shit. Yeah. Dog. I don't know if any, how many of y'all are like Twitter vets in here have been on Twitter for like 10, 11, 12 years and shit. Do y'all remember the Center City shitter? Yo, Adesso, right? Modesto? Yeah. Adesso? <laughs> Center City Shitter was a club called Adesso, 12th and Walnut. Yeah, Adesso, yeah. Second floor. Girl got two fried shit in the club. Shit herself in the club. In Adesso, yes. That was a down, it was over do after that. Do you remember, do you, and that's when Bitten was fun. Yes. Them next two days after that happened on Twitter <laughs> were insane. <laughs> Yo, niggas straight made they like name off of the banter and the slander yes. that came from that. We had that, Center City Shitter. The Center City you had, Shitter. Uh, King Impression Mall. That went yeah, viral. Yeah. Niggas, it was it's King of Pressure Mall. Somebody said, I'm going up to King Impression Mall. We bit off that for seven days. Yeah. Twitter used to be fun as fuck, man. Yeah, I, now, now it's a wasteland. I can't even imagine. Like Anthony alluded to, you got, you know, you got gay Twitter, you got uh, feminista Twitter. Uh, yeah, Twitter porn, like... It, it, I have heard that the Twitter porn is... Yo, we were having a conversation about porn earlier. Do you, re like, do you remember when, like, you had to, like, get your porn? Do you remember that, like, that life? 64th and pass jump. Yo, yo. People nowadays are so spoiled because y'all just hop on your phones and look at it's porn. It's right there. But it's like, there was a time period where you had to like link up with, yo, I give you Big Booty Volume 7. If you give me Big Ass Titties 38, nigga, like, that was like a real thing. Yeah, I, back in the day when I worked at uh, Total Sport, this is, I'm 17, 18 years old yo. or whatever, we used to have my man Los. For any of you that went to uh, Brad Baker's recent play, Los is the tall, strong nigga with the talk real regal and shit, that was my mixtape man. He's an actor now. And, and Los used to come in the gallery with a duffel bag oh. and a skateboard full of mixtapes, and he would sell us mixtapes or whatever. Then at the end of your mixtape transaction, I'm like, you know I got them smokers too. Yo, yo. Because we had to talk in codes, because it wasn't acceptable to just have yo. porn on you. Yo. So we called them smokers. Like, I, was, I was having a conversation with my dad. You know, my dad is 70. <laughs> and we were talking about, like, how porn has just changed to, like, your phone. Like, people don't even watch. Like, watching porn on a TV is crazy. <laughs> that's big as shit. Like, you're like, that's, that's ridiculous. And I was telling my pop, I'm like, he's like, your generation is just so horny and so freaked out. Like, all of y'all are just sex crazed. And I'm like, bro, you used to go and buy tapes. <laughs> in the purview of other people, do you other know, freaks. Do you know how horny you got to be to get on the train <laughs> with porn under your arm? Like, Brown I can't paper wait bag. to get in the, in the crib. You know, the bus break down, you're like, oh, come the fuck <laughs> Like, you on the bus with porn, dog. Say, yeah, yeah, fold it in the newspaper. <laughs> oh, reading these one ass. <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> like, business. Dark.
dog. And we was having a conversation like, yo, porn back in the day was like, a, you had to find that type of, like, cause you know, now the kids, we was having a conversation about the kids, just how they're inundated with just sex and yeah. violence and just, remember when like uh, banned from TV? That was the only way you could see somebody get their head blown off yeah. or hit by a train. Now or you just go on YouTube, go on uh, TikTok. Dog, I'll tell you how freaked out I was as a young boy because it was, it was hard to see titties. <laughs> I had the, the, the cards with naked bitches on them. You ever seen them? No. Yeah. You was deep you in the pornography them, industry. Nigga, who want to play pity pet? Like straight up. <laughs> We had cars with naked bitches on them, straight up. Because it's just, it wasn't, you didn't see it on your device. You yeah. didn't even have a device. It was nothing to see the shit on. We all geek about like 77 and 78 from, you know, from cable. Yeah. But we all know what that was, where it's like, you cut it on, you might see a, a titty maybe, <laughs> and then it's wavy. Yeah, that shit was real. Say it again. No, I'm talking about the cards. I can't hear you. Rotten.com. Dog, Rotten.com. Like, yeah. You, you click on this shit, it's a, it's a pit bull eating a bitch. You're like, you're like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah. That was a, because you just couldn't see the shit that we see on a daily basis now. You just, yeah. you didn't have access. You had to go find the shit straight up. Yeah, you had to stay Hooker's up. at the point. She, she, hookers, yo. Yo, I don't, I don't know if any of y'all are old enough to remember hookers on the point. <laughs> that was like the greatest documentary that ever of came all time. out. Remember my man, the, the black boy? Yeah. He in the car with the girl. He said, he said, he said, so can I pull my dick out now? <laughs> and just let it marinate like yeah. like he was going for a close on a big deal yeah. like, yo that like she just mentioned BT uncut you used to real life stay up to watch that shit you burning the candle at both <laughs> hours on both ends you gotta get up with school at you 6 30 in the morning teacher like why the fuck are you falling asleep you like man nelly got a groove man on this uncut i don't know if you're familiar yo, with that thing smell what that like that thing smell like <laughs> <laughs> this is legendary content. All my Gen Zers like, what the fuck? I feel sorry for young people because they don't, they don't understand life when it was like, damn, you kind of had to like put in effort for this shit yeah. a little bit. As wild as it seems, like that was like, uh, Raj mentioned it earlier, like I remember seeing like porno tapes back in the day in the case. <laughs> in a hard zone, like yo, that shit $50. <laughs> Like, you really got to be into this shit. Like, seriously. Seriously. Say it again. Dog. Yeah. I don't know if you know, Booty Talk 108 just dropped. Yeah. I got that. Yeah. Talk to me. What we doing? Yeah. yeah. I've seen niggas, like, walk in. Remember when, like, they used to have shit like that just on in, like, different houses and barber shops? Dog. Barber shops. I remember walking into a barber shop and seeing a porno on and thinking, like, why this? <laughs> Driving in the <laughs> dog. There was a nigga from my neighborhood that had an excursion on 25s and rode around with pornos playing out of a screen. 
on the jump and he pulled up on me. There's nobody in the car, no one in the truck but him. And I'm like, why are you riding around watching pornos? He said, because I'm fucking these niggas up. <laughs> I swear to God, a nigga and said that. And on that, that note, we can go home. I heard someone say that. I'm fucking these niggas up out here, so why not? I'm like, that's a that's. You said that's a boss. A, a boss. Oh, oh. I thought you said that's a boss. I was like, you need therapy. I was like, what? Hey. No, it's not. That's some weird shit. That's man. pretty awful. Yeah, I've had enough fun. You want to do? Do y'all have any? Y'all, because y'all never want to participate. Y'all got it, any questions? Anything y'all want to throw out here? We got about three more minutes. Everybody's starting to pack up. Anything? Any from anybody? Yeah, when you see shit coming down, while yeah, you it's just, a, niggas like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I seen, I seen Mark from Michigan. He just slid down. He like, are we are we packing yeah. up? <laughs> No, windows down, just riding around. You remember, that, you remember that era of motherfuckers having that big screen at the top of the, like it was like a 17 inch yeah. just, that would fall from the ceiling and shit. Like, nah, just riding around watching that shit. Like, yo, you a freak, nigga. Like, straight up, I, I never understood it. Any other questions? I saw one hand go Ryan, up. Ryan, what you got? How many niggas did you bag tonight, Ryan? <laughs> Ryan, like, yo, we listen, yeah, listen I, man. We uh, like, yo, shit. These niggas a, in here. I, I can't speak for everybody. Man. I had a good time. <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hunting. Ryan gonna be blasting freak like me driving home tonight. <laughs> I wanna eat and I wanna eat and I eat. <laughs> Go ahead, Ryan. She going. Go ahead. What's your question? Yeah, one thing I really enjoy is seeing people walk up to Steph. Like, what's your Instagram? Seeing people walk up to T Sleeve. Like, yo, what's this? Seeing people go up there. Like, that's dope as shit. And I think us as like young blacks who are in this creative space now, even though we might not realize what we're doing at times, we're really, really helping people out and yeah. forging things forward. And I get people that I get people that walk up to me and be like, bro, you changed my life. I'll be like, what? These dumbass jokes? And it'd be like, but you don't know what you getting somebody through, what you helping somebody deal with yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. And I take inspiration from the weirdest fucking places. You'd be surprised. So it's like, it is dope to see this and see people like, it's y'all, I trust it, so I'm gonna fuck with it. Yeah. Like, that's cool as shit. And I just think it's super important for us to share platforms, period, because it's like, you know, there's a like an umbrella over us. It's just creatives, period. But it's like we all serve different purposes and do different stuff. And there's an art element. There's a poetry element. There's a, you know, instrumentation element. There's comedy. There's podcasts. And there's even more, you know, we can get more intricate with it. Bring some, you know, some artists and stuff in here. Like, some, you know, some rappers, some singers, whatever, whatever. Like, we can build it up, you know, if y'all want this shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, shout out to you though, Ryan. All the, we we play around all goddamn day, but I, you are talented as fuck. I told y'all before she came up, man. Seriously, seeing you do the the shit where you you remember how them old movies used to have like a chick that would sing and climb on the piano. It's like seeing that kind of shit. Real Eartha Kitt vibe. Real Eartha, yeah, yeah, that shit, yeah. Chris, what you got? 
Right. Right. Let them know you're a nurse and don't play with you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. No, that's dope. Thank right. you. Thank no, you that's much. real. Chris, what you got? Mike Nutter. Yeah, the Mike Nutter joint. Mike yeah. Nutter. Bar none. Yeah, like he's 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 mix master Mike from West Philly. Like he's not just like. Michael Nutter, former mayor and all of that. But aside from that, he took super pride in being the mayor. Like, he loved that shit. He lived for that shit. And I don't know if we all the way gave him his props for that. Kevin Hart and Junior hooked that up. That wasn't, like, nothing that Kev happened Kev liked with being us. that. Look at that. Yeah, Kev, Kev hooked that up. And created that moment. And from that, like, I can say, we can say, Michael Nutter is a friend. Like, yeah. I call Mike Nutter, he know who I am, aside from being Kev homie. Like, he, he, he loved the show. Even down to the promo, I sent him a flyer. He said, no, you need an updated picture, young blood. You got to use this one. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you, you playing, you got me looking old. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I'm clean shaved now. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, I think the Mike Nutter episode, just for what it did, how much it traveled, and giving people a different look into him. No, we can't. Oh, are we allowed to? <laughs> it was my, all right. So the night, and we're gonna wrap this up. We got three minutes. The night we met Michael A. Nutter, <laughs> we went. We all collectively went to Elemento uh, for my birthday. No. Oh, yeah, we started at Elemental. Yeah, we started right, at right, Elemental. Right. We went to Elemental for my birthday. After we had dinner or whatever, Kev is like, yo, what y'all want to do next? Y'all want to go to 101, whatever, whatever. I'm like, sure, I've never been there. He's like, yo, it's a Thursday night. It probably ain't nobody in there, but we'll go get some drinks, kick it. It's super smooth. I want y'all to see it. So Kev's a member of, like, every social club. You need to get in social club, talk to Kev. He got all the memberships, all the plugs. Mm -hmm. So he takes us to 101. We go in there. Mike Nutter is already in there, and he's holding court. It ain't but 11 people in there. Mike know every. He didn't talk to everybody in the building. So he in there, he see Kev, he like, Kev, my nigga, what's up? What's nigga? That's exactly how, it, and it fucked me up, because I'm like, uh, like, you know, at first instant, you like, oh shit, that's the former mayor. <laughs> right. So you starting to like, button yourself up, and he turned around and saw was like, yeah, nigga. And I was like, he, oh, all right. Like, Thursday Ooh. night, he coming from like a, a dinner meeting or whatever, he at 101, he with like some powerful people. I'm not gonna say who else he was with, but he was with some like powerful people, like multi multi millionaires, people that control billion dollar budgets and stuff. Black folk too, like it wasn't no white folk. You know what I'm saying? That he was with, and he ended up coming and kicking it with us. Oh, y'all y'all niggas ain't got no drink. Y'all need to y'all need to lighten this why, up. Why y'all niggas ain't drinking? Why y'all niggas like, ain't drinking? What's going what? on? And get these niggas a drink, man. <laughs> That's exactly how he was talking. And we hung out for about an hour and a half, talked to Mike, whatever, whatever. When we left, he's still holding court. Now it's 13 people in here. Mm -hmm. He didn't bring them into his little party or whatever. He's at the bar. We in the little back, little side lounge or whatever. He over there with us. He's everywhere like a pinball bouncing around this venue. And he was so cool. And Kev was like, I'm going to get him on the show. And I'm like, bullshit you is. And sure enough, a couple of months went by. And then Kev and Matt were together somewhere. And they saw Mike Nutter again. Where was we at? We was at Rouge. 
And he room. walked up to Matt. He, he was like, hey, what's going on, Kev? Good to see you again, nigga. Uh, don't you got a talk show like, or radio show? show? Like, <laughs> radio what? show or something? I was like, yeah, podcast. He's like, I got to do that. I got to do that. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, we, we'd love to have you or whatever. He was like, yeah, so set that shit up, man. Talk to Kev or something. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Like, so Kev set it up, and then we started getting in contact with Mike. And you know, again, you trying to be super professional, sending the emails, da, da, da. We like, do you need a car service? Da, da. He's yeah. like, no, yo, yo, just tell me where I'm coming. Yeah. So, all right, we give him the address. He, he texts like, you know, I'm about to pull up. I'm gonna be in the lobby or whatever, whatever. I come down, I'm thinking, gonna have, you know, security, couple agents. He hop out the truck, like, yeah, what's Solo up? Solo Dolo, what we doing? He's like, we drinking? Or... <laughs> I'm like, no, I ain't no drink. So he's like, but we get done with shit. We gonna get some drink. I'm like, all right, cool. You know? And that's what we did. Yeah. So those are the three times that we've been and, uh, and it, around. It, it Mike really Nutter. put it in perspective for me. Like, yo, when like, I don't know why black people have such a problem with like a nigga working. But it's <laughs> right. like, yo, if you just at work, you just at work. Got and a that's job what to he do. Was. He was at work. So it's like, yeah, I can't walk up on stage like, fuck is that? Like, <laughs> I'm working. <laughs> I'm really working as the mayor. But one thing I got just in talking to him that night, when me and Kev ran to him at Rouge, he's super duper into what it meant to be the mayor yes. of the city. And he, he real deal cared about the citizens, everything that went on in the city. You, and you could tell he still gets a kick out of like being out and about and real, like he, yeah. wears, he always wears hats to say 76ers or Philly or what. Like he's super duper into Philadelphia. Yeah. And even like, uh, shout out Jules, he was talking about his aunt. And his, he was like, yo, when, because his aunt listened to the show, she was like, when he brought up the Bynum brothers, and he's like, he, Mike's taking it back to like the super old school of, yeah. of Philly. And like a lot of motherfuckers don't even understand the history in what he's talking about with the nightclub and the different, you know, Billy Paul. And he's like, Mike's, Mike's a Philly nigga. Yeah. So I was happy that that came through in the interview to where people who I know, Especially, like you said, people who were running amok during that era of life yeah. are like, yeah, man, like I kind of had him pegged all wrong. And to hear him talk like that is just like, damn, he just wanted the best Philadelphia possible. And low key, we kind of had it. Yeah. 06, 07, 08, you was allowed to just be out. We used to just be outside. South Street, Old City till four in the morning. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, he brought made in America. He, he did a lot of groundbreaking stuff for the city. You, you just, there wasn't a looming threat of like nonsense all the time. Even to like being in your different communities. We used to chill on my block till three, four in the morning, just outside. Just because it was, it was no real deal crazy shit popping off every day. You can't sit no. in a car. You can't. You can't stop at a red light. Dog. Dog. <laughs> on the L. Real shit. Real shit. The L is one of the crazy, you get on the L if you want to. <laughs> you go down there if you fucking want to. <laughs> All right, real quick, last show. <laughs> Anybody that know me knows I fall asleep in the subway. I don't know why, Dangerous. but I, not, not like on the bench. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. like- The actual train. Yeah, when I get on the train, I don't know what it is, but I'll just like nod the fuck off. I was driving the six and I told Drew, I'm like, yo, I'm done for the day. Send me a relief. That's what he tell the new people come go yeah. relieve a driver. I'm like, send a relief up to Bro Noni, man, because I'm, I'm done for the day. He's like, all right, I had somebody relieve you maybe like the next trip or two. I'm like, all right. And I had like 11 trips today. I'm like, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I get, it was a new dude and the new nigga was just, I don't, for whatever reason, he was just off. I get to Bro Noni, I see the new guy standing out there and I'm like, yo, what's up? He's like, yeah, I'm here to relieve you. 
but there's no, there's no bus out there. Right. So I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, yeah, they told me to come relieve you. I'm like, did you bring a bus up here? He was like, no. Nah. So I'm like, how the fuck did you get up here then? He's like, I got on the train. I'm like, nigga, what? He was supposed to bring a bus from the depot. We on 27th and Allegheny. He was supposed to bring a bus from the depot yeah. down Allegheny, left on Broad, and come up to Broad and Lonely. So when he get there and he like, I'm your relief, he's taking this bus. So I'm like, what the fuck I'm supposed to do? He was like, take the train back. <laughs> And I'm like, yo, I, going down, I, I knew it. I'm just like, I shouldn't go the fuck down there. I'm like, fuck it, I wanna go the fuck home. I go down at Broad Noni, I get on the train. We start rolling. I'm looking at the shit, North Philadelphia. Ear. I'm like, two more stops, nigga, Allegheny, yeah. I'm good. Rock out. Not off. I wake up, we're passing Ellsworth and Federal. <laughs> I'm like, yo. I'm in South Philly, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So I get off, I walk the fuck up, and come to the other side to catch the train back. Yeah. I get on the train, I'm so mad that I'm like talking to myself through the shit. It was like we got to South Street and I nod the fuck off again. Wake the fuck up, I'm passing the North Philadelphia. I'm just like... <laughs> so I come, I come up from the, the subway, yeah. and I'm, I'm like, I'm about to just catch a cab. <laughs> what year was this? I fall asleep so bad. I, and I, they always used to ask me at the time, because my attendance was real good, they would ask yeah. me if you wanted to drive the train. Like, that was like a big thing. Like, people, oh, people, shit. people start on the bus and then they go to drive the train to get away from the public. Yeah. And I went down for the, the, the orientation into the train program. And literally, it was like they said, if you blow a signal, you fired. Oh, damn. Because if you blow a signal down there, it's like, Make, you know, you can kill Life or death. 700 yeah. people or yeah. whatever. And I'm like, yo, I know I'm going to blow a signal down this <laughs> genre. Subbed yourself out. And I, and I told my homie, I'm like, yo, no bullshit. If I was driving a train from like Broad only to the yeah. stadiums, I, I wouldn't know what was going on until we hit the wall <laughs> at the stadiums. <laughs> I, there's no way I'm staying awake down there. Can't I, do I that, man. But all the, are there any other questions real quick before we wrap this shit up? Anybody? We ain't really got time, but we gonna right, take this, one this more. Is, this is your third one, but go ahead. <laughs> it's gonna be in the next week and a half. It's you know, it's gonna be uh, the same rundown you normally see. Um, I think I added like two award categories. I, I added I like two or three yeah. for this year. We got rid of some, we added some. Yeah, you know, I'm telling y'all right now, song of the year is probably shoe fits. That's my early chick. Okay. That's my early choice. That was just phenomenal. Um, album of the year, I don't know what the fuck came out this year. I know, but I, I, know, I know what people wanted to be, and I know what my figure is. <laughs> you know what your what? <laughs> you know what your what? I know what people wanted to be, and I know what my pick is. What is your pick? My pick is V's Ganger. Who? V's from Detroit. V's Ganger made Rolling Stone like top six, top six album of the year and all of that. Created a multi-million dollar partnership for him at Warner Brothers. Like, V's Ganger is the best rap oh, album top oh. to bottom. Yeah. What? Gunna Tello. Yeah, Gunna. I didn't really get into the album, but there's a couple songs I heard. Yeah. That. Complex just gave it a rap album of the year. Fuck you mean? I wouldn't know. I've never heard it. I've never heard, I've heard one song, I heard Bread and Butter, and I heard Fuck You Mean because of TikTok. I've never heard his album. I never pressed play on his album, 
ever. I'm, I live my raps. I'm, I never... <laughs> Excellent mouse music. What do you say? Excellent mouse music. <laughs> hey, man, you know. Are you staying strong on, on the gunner? Thing? Listen, hey, man, listen. It's, it's so much talk around this shit. The trial itself is a fucking mess. Yeah. Like, let's just say that. That'll be my final thought. It's the most Mickey Mouse trial I've ever seen in my life. We playing song lyrics. We got police lying. Like, it's only three. We only three weeks in and we got that. They've already went on recess. It's how the fuck you go on recess two weeks before the holidays. Tory Lanez got sentenced to 9,000 years in jail Christmas Eve. Why are y'all recessing already for this trial? It's a bad trial. It's dumb. YFN Lucci trial is another bad trial. It's dumb. He went from 17 co-defendants to three. It's just, it's a dumb time to be from Atlanta right now. Last point, if any of y'all are paying attention, the Ja Morant trial, funniest shit you ever could see in your life. <laughs> he's on trial for beating the kid up at his house. He's on trial for beating up the kid. The prosecutor said, all right, let me see how you check rock. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, prosecutor told him, punch me. I need you to do it. Yeah, he yeah. said, nah, I'm okay. She was like, nah, I need you to punch me. Nobody has anything else. Y'all can mingle. It's still drinks. It's still food. Hey, Boogie. We about to load out. Uh, we are going to frame. We got a free after party at frame for anybody that can stay out past 10 o'clock. Free entry all night. Casamigos specials all night. 222 Market Street, frame Philly. Second floor, unframed.